Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Hello, my name is Dr. S, and I am also a geoholic. Thank you for tuning in for another flying edition of Bad Elf's 60 Seconds of Spatial News. We at Bad Elf live our lives 60 spatial seconds at a time, and we know you do too. For this week's spatial news, we are discussing drones in space. Unless you've been living underneath a Terran rock for the last several days, you've probably heard that NASA has successfully flown an aircraft on another planet. While Mars has quite a different molecular atmosphere than Earth, engineers and scientists at NASA's JPL in Southern California confirmed that they successfully flew Ingenuity, the Mars helicopter, earlier this week. This is the first time humanity has flown on another planet. Carried underneath the Perseverance rover, the drone was recently dropped onto the Martian surface. From there, it took its first flight roughly three meters into the air, stopped, turned, and used its two cameras to map the surrounding area, and most importantly, take a drony of the rover. Parked nearby, the rover also filmed the event and processed the data, which was sent to an orbiting satellite to inevitably be sent back to Earth. I'm not sure if the drone pilots at JPL were FAA Part 107 certified. However, due to the lack of visual line of sight and not being able to take remote command, I'm guessing they weren't. Because of the distance, commands take several minutes to traverse space to get to the unit. Thus, the drone does most of the work on its own, not needing help from humans to complete its tasks. Soon, NASA says the drone will do its next flight, each time going further and longer from the Martian landing zone. Oh, and for you history buffs out there, NASA named the landing zone the Wright Brothers Field in recognition for the first human flight completed by the brothers. Interestingly, the drone even had a small piece of fabric attached to it from the original Kitty Hawk. All right, that does it for this week's Bad Elf 60 Seconds of Spatial News. We hope you enjoyed our selected news of the week. If you have any questions about this story, about Bad Elf GNSS solutions, or have any other pressing existential thoughts about the cosmos, please feel free to contact me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. All right, adios, Geoholics. Catch you on the flip side. Just a quick note to express our appreciation for the 2021 Friends of the Program for their continued support. Please consider their products and services as they have special promos for Geoholics listeners. Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, cyanicautomation.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, get kids into survey, get kids into survey.com, Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com, Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu forward slash land dash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, and last but not least, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com. Hello, Geoholics. Oh, man, one of my favorite Food Fighters tunes right there. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. Lots to cover tonight before we even get to our esteemed guests. And yes, it's guest plural. Once again, before we go any further, we must mention that Buttermaker Shoots is fulfilling his fatherly coaching duty this evening and will be returning to the show once the 2021 spring Little League season comes to a close in just a few short weeks. Um, I think he's, what did he say? 
I think he's like four and one or something like that. I'm right. The team's doing good. Yeah. I mean, you can't, that leadership, you can't lose lead, that leadership. Yeah, exactly. If he, if he keeps going in uh, that direction, he may never come back. You know, the St. Lucie Mets might tag him and we'll never see him again. So in his absence, our guest host this week is not neighbor Billy, although neighbor Billy fans are coming out of the woodwork. I think the guy's going to need like t-shirts or something like that. We'll see. But we do have Steve one man Gangwall. You may remember him from episode 11, right? Steve, that right? That's right. You got some big shoots to fill. Here. Oh, really good. <laughs> I, I like, like it. I like it. One of the OGs, as the kids say. So thanks for being here, buddy. This is episode 79, and it's my understanding that you have someone near and dear to your heart lined up for 79. Yeah, you could say that. Um, to our Canadian friend guest here today, I uh, thought we would mention a hockey player. There you go. Alexi Yashin, a Russian former professional hockey player center who played 12 seasons in the NHL for the Ottawa Senators and the New York Islanders, served as captain on both teams. He also played nine seasons in the Russian Super League and the Continental Hockey League. Not sure what that is, but uh, it must be special. It must be. Yeah. And uh, he's a recent inductee into the IIHF Hall of Fame. There you nice. go. Yeah. There you go. You say the Islanders, right? And he's also dating some hot model. Aren't they all? Yeah. Yes, Islanders. Islanders. Fantastic. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks for that. So get this. We are also live this evening on a new platform called InSpace. I'm not 100% certain how we're going to take full advantage of this quite yet, but we'll say that uh, it appears to be awesome, and we will certainly... I think it's going to take us to another level. I'm just not sure what that level is. So to find out more about InSpace, go to inspace.chat. Free plug. Don't get used to it. Um, what else we got? So we just got a, a new shipment of Geoholic swag, and that includes hats and pint glasses and stickers and koozies, T-shirts, wristbands. All I can say is if you want all the above, ship directly to your door, personally, personally packaged by me. All you have to do is become a Geoholics patron, okay? Say, how do you do that? So you go to patreon.com, search for the Geoholics, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can become one of the cool kids and get a Geoholics fan pack. Pretty good, eh? Very cool. Very not cool. so bad, not so bad. Uh, PJ, tell us about that opening number. All right, guys, that was Foo Fighters, Times Like These. So Foo Fighters is an American rock band formed in Seattle, Washington in 1994. It was founded by former Nirvana drummer Dave Grohl as a one-man project following the dissolution of Nirvana after the suicide of Kurt Cobain. The group took its name from Foo Fighter, a nickname coined by an allied aircraft pilots for UFOs and other aerial phenomenons. Um, over the course of their career, Foo Fighters have won tw 12 Grammy Awards, including Best Rock album four times. The band has also won an American Music Award, four Brit Awards, and two MTV Music Awards. Foo Fighters have, a, have sold over 14 million albums in the U.S., and in 2021, they were nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I didn't know that about their name. I, I think that's so cool. That is a really cool story. I'm a huge Foo Fighter fan, and uh, yeah, the lovely Megan and I have seen them a couple times, and amazing show, amazing show. And one thing, I mean, Steve, yeah. you played in a band. I have. And you played... Uh, at what it was, it's not, it wasn't the Rebel Loud. What was it called? Medis the uh, Mason Jar. Mason Jar. You yeah. played there, right? I did. I believe Nirvana actually played at the Mason Jar. I did. So you played on the same stage as Kurt Cobain. That's pretty nuts. That is crazy to think about that. It is cool. That's awesome. That's what a great story. Um, shout out to this week's featured friend of the program being Aerotech Mapping. Steve, what do you got for Aerotech Mapping? Aerotech Mapping has been supplying high quality geospatial solution services and support for the architectural engineering construction industry since 2002. 
They've done projects across the United States and abroad using latest technology and resources combined with a highly educated and experienced staff. Their mission is to bring their clients the highest quality geospatial products and services available. That's Aerotech Mapping. Visit them at atmlv.com. Fantastic. Great job. And I, I failed to mention, we are... I don't know, I guess we're officially settled into this super swanky Diamondback land surveying studio in beautiful downtown Phoenix, Arizona. So in all seriousness, if any of you are ever in Arizona for any reason, give us a shout. We're going to buy you a beer, no question. Just don't come after uh, neighbor Billy's been on because that dude cleared us out. Big time. (laughs) Did he not? Yeah. Dude, I looked in the fridge. There was a 30-pack in there last week. Yeah. There's like seven beers left. That's what we like to call deleted. (laughs) We deleted a lot of beers. <laughs> Maybe a worthy mention of this stuff here, too. Yes, please do. Um, Stephen blessed us with some. What is this? Terramana. Terramana tequila. It's Dwayne Johnson's. Uh, the Rock. Brand. Oh, really? Yeah. Very tequila. good. Oh, my god. I feel gosh. like every, every celebrity is getting into alcohol these days. Yeah. Money to be made. But yeah. this stuff is smooth as butter. No bite. No, no bite whatsoever. No sting. You got soft vanilla notes. I mean, it's just, it's a sipping tequila, really. It's beautiful. I love yeah. it. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, moving on, the uh, the Trimble Geospatial Weekly Pod Word. Let's go with uh, mapping. Okay. So the pod word for this week is mapping. Here's what you do, folks. Make note of the pod word from each episode at the end of the month. Send us an email at infothegeoholics.com with all four April pod words. This month's listener prize is a, uh, it's an original, well, maybe not an original, but a reproduction of an original George Washington survey plucked from my own personal collection of survey memorabilia framed the whole deal. It's pretty freaking awesome. You're going to want it. Remember you cannot win if you don't play. So jot down all four pod words for this month, email them to us at the end of the month. We'll random draw a name and uh, Bob's your uncle, as they say in Canada. Right? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Jake knows. All right, let's catch up the boys a little bit. PJ, what's new, man? Um, not a whole lot. One thing that was really cool that happened this week, and we kind of chatted about this before um, we got started recording here, was um, the helicopter, Mars helicopter. Um, yeah. So, like, one of the coolest videos I think I've ever seen. I remember being little and just seeing the pictures coming back and just being so, like, wow, that is awesome that we can get pictures back from this place that's so, so far away. And then earlier when this uh, rover landed, when we could see the audio of it, too, and I was, like, just listening to that, and it's really nothing. It doesn't – you could go outside and it sounds like the exact same, but just knowing how far away it came was just so, so cool. And seeing that video – and of course me like loving drones ever since I was in like middle school and building them with my dad and stuff I think it's so cool to see what looks like a really standard drone that's something that we had built in our garage yep. and fly obviously without GPS because I, I watched it with my dad and I was like that's so cool they could do that like look how level it is and I'm like and the, that's without GPS and he's like I didn't even think about that yeah. because that's like we rely on that so much with our drones here and like this is flying on just straight like a super manual like flight controller to fly that little thing so even just that little hop that it did I just thought that was awesome I didn't even think about that no, I know no GPS yeah no well, GPS it, on Mars in the future. yeah think about that no what we don't hell? have any I mean there's nothing Dude, to there's how, nothing to position there. how is a surveyor gonna go up there and stake out your property <laughs> we got to get <laughs> if some there's up no there. GPS I'm sure we can get I don't know I guess yeah. we could probably get one up there and they're selling acres of Mars land. He's got, got like I've five. Got it. I've got it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. We got to go stake it out. 
I told him to turn into a cemetery. Gonna, we can like shoot ashes up. I think there I'm gonna people. I'm gonna build a, a on that piece of land. I think I'm gonna have a, a cabin and then a, a little drone shop too, so everyone can fly. I think you're right something. Up there. Yeah. But I think you're something. super cool. I love to see that kind of stuff, and I'm just excited. Um, we're, I'm sure we're gonna talk about it a little bit more too. But it sounds like there's some other pieces of technology that's on the rover that could be sending down some cool things near in the future. So I'm really excited and looking forward to that. Yeah. The, the difference is, I actually believe this is happening. What's that? That we're on Mars right now. Oh, really? You yeah. know how I am. I'm like <laughs> yeah. a black helicopter kind of guy. You know? Yeah. I just like to believe it all because I just think it's so cool. It so I'm like, cool. I'll, I don't want to like look into it. I just want to believe it. It's awesome. Yeah, yep, so. for sure. Steve, what's new with you, buddy? Not much. Um, same thing. Just, you know. How's the uh, boy? How's the boy? The boy's great. Yep. He's, uh, he's a monster. He's a handful, but he's doing good. He's uh, just hit three years old a couple months ago. So we're ready to uh, bite the bullet and put him back into Montessori school next month which I can't wait for. It's funny because pre-COVID, I was like, no, I can't let my little boy go. Now I'm like, get the get F the out of the house. <laughs> I can't wait for you to get to school. It's oh, um, so funny. Yeah, so looking forward to that. Took him to the Grand Canyon last week for nice. the first time. Um, you know, we did a couple nights up there, a couple nights in Sedona, lots of tons of hiking. Um was kind of looking at the terrain there. I'm like, it's nice. kind of like Mars. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of trippy. So there you go. Did you yeah. see a helicopter with like some video cameras on it? I mean, that that might have been <laughs> a the Mars. drone sitting underneath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some NASA people hiding behind. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I can't believe your kid's only three. I swear to God, you had that kid like ten years ago. It feels like it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Only three. Wow. That's crazy. All right. Um, so in honor of 420. Happy 420. And neighbor Billy, here are a couple of my favorite 420 facts. Um, these are freaking funny. Uh, in 2014, the Colorado Department of Transportation replaced mile marker 420 on Interstate 70 east of Denver with 419.99 mile marker. Do you know this, Peter? I know this, yeah. Freaking hilarious. To deter all the uh, would-be thieves who would like to steal the 420 sign, that's freaking awesome. Well, I think it, it was stolen over, over and over and over and over. And over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so they... they yeah, I saw a picture of it. It's 419.99. It's awesome. <laughs> a few weeks before his infamous blunt smoking incident on Joe Rogan's podcast, Tesla CEO Elon Musk caused a bit of a stir with a tweet announcing he'd consider taking the company private at 420 a share. And he got in trouble for that. Yeah. He got in trouble for that. Yes, yeah. he did. SEC coming down on you. Yep. And last but not least, this I thought this was freaking hilarious. Uh, the video's out there. When pulled from the audience to be a contestant on The Price is Right in 2012, Evan... Godding turned his 15 minutes of fame into an ode to cannabis by bidding 420 for every estimated retail price he was up for. <laughs> Did he win? That must have really annoyed Did him. Win. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't win. No. Freaking hilarious. Yeah. All right. Safety apparel, safety share. Steve O, yes. what do you got? Alas, swimming season is here. So I thought it'd be appropriate to discuss water safety for this week's uh, safety share. Hmm. So let me start off with some quick facts. Did you know that my wife doesn't know how to swim? I did oh, not know that. Yeah. Did not know that. Is she from here? She's from New Jersey. Okay. She's a f- young lady. <laughs> 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 but doesn't know how to swim. So I just thought it was funny. Do you guys have a pool? We have a pool, yeah. So it's like, what, she's like, like, just like waist deep or? No, it's just. Uh, hangs out on the side. Yeah. Does she go yeah. in or no? She hangs out with Sean in the, she in, does, in the Baja shelf. <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, in yeah. all seriousness, yep. um, drowning is the one of the leading causes of death for children. Mm. Uh, most children were being watched by an adult just before they drowned, and home swimming pools are the most common place for a child younger than five to drown. 
And most drownings happen quickly and silently, but often with people nearby. Mm. So parents and caregivers should always designate a water watcher by the pool, spa, or any body of water, if you like to go out and hit the lakes, whatever it is. Um, this responsible adult will assume the role of actively watching any child in or near the water. So a short phone call, text message, other simple distraction is all it takes for a tragedy to happen. So follow these simple tips to ensure a fun, safe, and enjoyable time around your water, body of water fun. Lock, it's called lock, look, and learn. Lock, as in put up a fence, lock the doors, lock the gates, alarm, so on and so forth. Look, always actively watch children in or near water. Watch them even if they know how to swim. Um, and learn, learn how to swim. Yes, darling, that includes you. <laughs> <laughs> um, learn, you know, use uh, floating devices, so on and so forth. Learn how to use rescue equipment. And, of course, learn CPR. Have you ever come close to drowning? Uh, actually, yes. My my uh, my older sister saved me from dark. I had a close call one time too. I'll never forget it. I think I was probably like five years old when it happened, but I can still remember it so vividly in my mind. It's unbelievable. Really? Yes. That's so like uh, looking up. Yes. That's creepy. Yes. Yes. And my my uncle just like grabbed me like by the head and just yanked me up, and I was like, oh my god. Pool or yeah, a pool. Yeah, it was yeah. a pool. Yeah. But you didn't know how to swim. Um, Are you fall in or I don't remember that part. I just remember almost drowning. Apparently, I didn't know how to swim. Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Good stuff. No, you got to be careful. No doubt about it. Especially Absolutely. having little kids and stuff like that. Dogs too. Don't like dogs. dogs. No, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. yeah. And like here in Arizona, it's like I swear to God, it's like every week or every other day this time of year, especially you start to hear these stories about kids drowning and stuff. It's so sad. Yeah, yeah. we we put up a so really simple. One of those netted removable fences. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just we didn't want it annoying to be like completely around the pool, so we just put it right across the sure. patio. Yep. So he just can't go past the patio. And that's yep. it. So yeah, you know, so worth it. Seven hundred bucks. Ugh. is worth it, man. Crazy, yeah. crazy. All right, let's move on. Uh, our guests this evening, guests plural, we have Aaron and Richard. We're going to do a uh, some self introductions here. So I'm going to start with Aaron. If you would just kind of give us your name, current job or role, however you want to classify that, and let's go with something most people would never guess about you. So Aaron, you're up first, buddy. Okay. I'm Aaron Michaelenko. I own DBE Surveying here locally. I'm also working with a uh, national firm. Uh, they've, they've hired me on for a little bit here to Millman National Land Surveys uh, Services. Uh, pretty cool because I get to learn all 50 states. It's actually a really cool gig. I, I like it a lot. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm running my own thing as well and, and got that going. And uh, as the owner, I kind of get to uh, create my own hours and see my kids as I, as I please. So that's nice. been, been a fun one. Got to learn a lot with the uh, ins and outs of it as well, though, with the accounting and the taxes and the, you know all the different stuff that comes with that. Uh, one of the fun facts that people don't know about me is my dad had season tickets to the Seattle Supersonics. They called Sonics then. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. At one point, I was uh, the reason why I picked Foo Fighters for my band is yep. uh, being, from, being from Seattle. I was in 10th grade when Kurt killed himself, and yep. we were in garage bands, and so I was, I was a drummer. My dad was a drummer for a long time as well. Oh, wow. Uh, but I thought I had wild hair. I mean, wild hair. I had a big mohawk. I had canary <laughs> yellow, fire engine red, purple. Really? Oh, my God. Every, every color you could think of. Uh, uh, awesome. At one point, though, I shaved my entire head except for two dots and a brow, and it's because I wanted everybody in the upper level to see a smiley face on my head. <laughs> no they looked down. Yeah, oh, the pictures are great. So I'd look down when I was playing drums and people would see a smiley <laughs> face. So that's kind of my one you know, fun fact of when I was a teenager, the you know, wild stuff I did. That so. is amazing. <laughs> Do you have pictures of that, seriously? Somewhere. you got to sure share one of those pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to post that with the episode for sure. I'll find it. <laughs> uh, RJ, tell us a little bit about you, buddy. 
I started out in geomatics, but I kind of abandoned the geomatics world and went strictly laser scanning as a service to every industry, including geomatics. So um, I actually got rid of all my RTK and total stations and survey gear about five years ago. Wow. And just laser scan and that's it. Um, something people don't know about me, I spent nearly, well, over a decade in Russia from the late 90s up until 2014. Wow. Wow. I, I, I want to be on your program with Yashin there. Remember that. Remember that. Sorry, no Deutsch. So yeah, that's a that's a little known fact. So were you uh, were you working? Are you surveying over there? What were you doing there for a decade? Actually, I went over there in the beginning on uh, directional drilling tools. So we were downhole directional drilling for oil in the beginning. Nice. And then uh, I basically was one of those people that went over there and kind of never left. What part? So. I was all the way across. Most of the time I was down in a little region called Orenburskaya, just north of Kazakhstan. So what they actually have an alternate uh, launch site to Baikonur there. What kept you there longer than you were contracted to? I simply love the country. The personality, the everything just felt like home. I, like every time I flew back, it was just like relief. You know. nice. Interesting. The Canadian so, Russian accent. I can't. I, it's like a, it, I'm not getting it. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's awesome. I'm telling you, you're gonna find out so much about this guy. He, like he pulls out so many tidbits. I'm like, what? Oh it blows my mind when I when I talk to him. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. So you know, it's interesting. I kind of on a whim, I sold this episode as a new way to survey, and it sounds like yeah. that's kind of the path we're going down. Especially since the fact that he got rid of his freaking total station and blah blah all this other stuff. So I'm excited to get into this. So obviously we're talking about technology and technology is definitely changing the face of the land surveying or geomatics professions. Um, I'm not even sure where to start. So Aaron, you, you tell me, it's like drones, you know, UAVs, UAS, and we're talking about a lot of different things here. A lot of it has to do with workflows. So yeah. if you could start this conversation, um, that'd be great. Okay. Uh, you know, RJ and I kind of are, are on the same page as far as uh, I got rid of all the toll stations as well uh, and replaced them with laser scanners. Uh, I stopped wow. doing construction layout for a little bit because it's such a you know tight knit sure. group here that, uh, you know, they're, they're really, mm -hmm. you really got to be in good with the good old boys to, to do a lot of good projects. So robotic toll station went away a long time ago and that got replaced with a scanner that can collect uh, 10 times the amount of data in half the amount of time. Uh, and I've got some good case studies for that one a little later I'll, I'll bring up. But uh, RJ and I, we've been talking for about a year, year and a half. And every, every time we talk, it's kind of the same workflow. It's like he's, he's got a, he's got a light. And I don't, you know, I'm not so sold on it has to be one brand or another. I know, you know, Trimble endorses us here at Geoholics. But uh, like has been kind of my go-to for me because of where they're at with scanning uh, in particular. But uh, you literally, they made it so easy that you can just, you can send a person out. And this is where RJ comes in. You send somebody out that doesn't know what they're doing. And they push a button. You say, pick it up. Walk 15 steps, hit the button again, get out of the way. Three minutes later, go pick it up, walk 15 steps, put it down, hit the button again. And then you send all that data to someone like me or RJ. Mm -hmm. We can put it all together and put it to survey control. And boom, you've got a, we call it a digital twin, but you've got a full twin of mm -hmm. that site right there in front of you that you can do, you know, in, in the heat conditions or winter, you know, wherever you're at, you now don't have to deal with those conditions. You can do everything from the office. And so I'm kind of in the same boat. I've got an RTK to kind of just, uh, uh, you know, use uh, like a smart net. 
uh, to just kind of get myself geo-referenced for, and then the drone captures everything. Sure. And then we shoot the crap out of it with GPS like we conventionally would. And then anything you couldn't get that uh, you needed to set up a robot for, scanner steps in and, and it's it's two minutes and it's in, in your data set. So, so what, is your, uh, what is your survey toolbox? consist of ah it's it's all in a backpack that's the best part is i travel i used to before covid but used to travel quite a bit and i had the blk 360 in the backpack my laptop and my mavic 2 pro and then wherever i'd go say vegas or wherever you know i just rent an rtk gear gear for the day or two that Mm -hmm. they had a local network they were on that i could geo-reference so for 250 bucks i get my my gps unit there uh, and then give it back the next day nice uh and everything else was just in a backpack and that's i just i remember the first time i went to a hotel and I had to go to the third story, and I was like, oh, man, I don't have all these batteries and all these cases and all this stuff to carry up. I don't have to take four trips to the truck. You know, I, one of the guys working with me right now is working out of a Prius. No kidding. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you don't need that conventional. Yeah. RJ, what's, what's your experience with, um, as far as equipment, what's your, what's, your, what's your package look like that you usually travel out with? Well, I'm kind of similar, but even, even to the note before that you were speaking about, so I used to work for WSP here in Canada as a survey coordinator. Right on. And even back when I survey coordinator, we had people that we called instrument technicians in the field. They weren't allowed to calculate. They weren't allowed to set up on any points unless they were issued from the office. They were given a laptop to email and submit their data every day. And the office emailed them the files they could lay out. If they wanted to set up on new point, they had to do the observations send them in we do the traverse adjustment send them back the coordinate they could set up on they were not allowed to do anything so they were instrument operators and that's to keep the business scalable because you hit jobs where you have to hire out the union hall you don't know who you're hiring so if you keep this field as simple as possible keep the brains in the office then you can actually scale your business yeah, and I've I've gotten a lot of argument for that. People say, "Oh, you don't you don't want point stakers," but mm. for me, it's been the same thing. Is is you actually have control of what's going on? And people, I mean, the, the the point stakers do take an interest in it, and they do want to naturally know what they're doing. Eventually, they'll make their way in the office and do the same thing. But uh, you know, I've seen guys take a plat and try to mm. turn a bearing and turn an interior, interior angle, yep. and they're fifty feet off because they turn the wrong angle out sure. the field, and they're spending four hours when it could have taken five minutes of some communication back and forth to the office. So, so, so you're talking about time and time and time, and yeah, obviously huge time savings, much more data accumulation. Yeah. So, and the accountability, I mean, you have the instant, yeah. you can go on, you know, those guys in the office, they can open it up and see right then and there what happened. You don't have to sift through field notes from 10 years ago that somebody, you know, try to figure out what they set. And But if I'm a project owner, the first thing that comes to mind is, so this is going to be cheaper. <laughs> there we go. There lies the question. <laughs> So yeah. let, let me ask you guys this, yes. and, uh, and, and, yes. and you'll know, springboarding off of that comment right there. Um, is, is this, is this, in, does it make everything more efficient? Absolutely. Is everything more efficient? For me, yeah. I'm, it's buying time. You can't get that time back. It's buying time. So yeah. RJ is in the same boat. What ty- so what type of projects yeah. are we talking about? Any project? Yeah. yeah. Small, mm-hmm. small, big, Let's say, you're, do, let's say you're doing an Alta survey. Oh. Oh, those are bread and butter. Just crushing it. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're crushing it with a like a, a scanner, so, yeah. a drone, and a RTK. So, so here's my case study right here for for the for the ALTA. Let's go 2D, but you can add 3D into it as well. It, yep. it, it, it you know adds new element into it. But yep. one of the recent places I was at, don't need to name, name say who it was, but one of the recent places I was at, the field crews were stuck on the robotic total station. Right, they they mm-hmm. did not want to adopt. They had scanners on hand that they can bring down. Uh, but they were stuck on their old ways and just, and it's changed. People don't want to change, you know? Mm-hmm. And so 
we got busy enough to where I hired out a guy that I know that's a, he has a scanner. He has a VLK. He has a drone. He goes and geolocates, and he did two and a half acre sites right next to each other in Mesa. This place, these guys took five and a half days, and you figure a thousand dollars a day for a crew, so they're at fifty five hundred bucks. This other person went and did it in less than eight hours and got more data than you could ever imagine. After the five days of setup one with robotic total station, there was ADA ramps missed, a water valve missed, a huge sign in the parking lot missed, a one-foot bust from not moving the rod. Yep. None of that existed in the world we're in with, with the scanner. I mean, yes, there's room for error, and you can make it, but once you get your process down. So now take that four days. When you mentioned cheaper, take that four days in the field. Now it's four days in the office. So it's not necessarily cheaper. It's, it's almost you know tit for tat the same price. Mm-hmm. But it's you're doing it more in the office, and you get a hundred times more of the data. You mm. know, um, so that's that's my case study. Of as I sat and watched these two exactly the same surveys, one was a hotel, one was an apartment building, but they were almost exactly the same. Interesting. And I watched I watched them spend you know six grand in the field <clears throat> versus seven and out. You know, yep. for they spent fifteen hundred. At what point do yep. you consider it's overkill? Data is overkill. There's, there's never overkill. <laughs> so you, basically you're saying you can never collect too much data. You got to have the, you know, this is where RJ comes in too, because I'll call him, I'll call him like, oh, I just got a new computer. It's got 256K or a gigabyte uh, hard drive with, you know, RAID 0 to a 4 terabyte, uh, runs at 5.0 gigahertz. And he's like, Psh, the next thing is, and he tells, you know, he, he can handle those mega, mega, mega packages. I've no, spent- I can't. I don't have enough power. It's Star Trek. <laughs> Scotty, give me more. Scotty, give me more. Well, no, there's you, never enough. I think, that's a, I think that's a huge point, and that's something we definitely want to touch on. So, RJ, why don't you talk about that? I mean, what kind of power are we talking about? I mean, this is, for me, uh, this is like mind-blowing power. What does it take to process this big data? Well, uh, there's, no po- there's nothing that's enough power. You learn to manage it in smaller segments, but... What I laugh at, or I don't know, it makes me chuckle is I go into these firms and they go, oh, we got a Windows 7 computer that we paid 20 grand for 10 years ago. Why can't we use it? And it's like, it's surprising the number of firms you will go inside of and they're still on Windows 7 computers that they bought 10 years ago and they think they're current. Um, Bottom line is, even running civil 3d like the most basic program there is out there i don't think anybody in industry can survive without having at least the new i7 chip and 64 gigabytes of ram with two terabytes of ssd agreed i think that's pretty much a minimum agreed but the ironic thing about that is you know in my past experience we provided large large super data collected type of uh projects supply them to our clients and kind of like and these are big big you yeah. know a and e firms that yeah. are global and they're like i don't yeah. know what the hell to do with all this you yeah. just jammed up my whole freaking server yes yeah exactly yeah. i want to get into that yeah. man. that is such a good point i mean you got to yeah. take the end user into consideration when you guys are doing this type of surveying right and i, and I think that's where i found yeah. my niche as uh, is, is getting the a lot i have a lot of smaller engineers that work privately around here that yeah. Getting that data set into something that they can use is where the where the selling point is. Yes. So how does that happen? I mean, what what are we talking about? Like, how do, what is the data set that is usable to most people? I'll let RJ touch on his, and I'll go on mine. Go ahead, sure, go ahead, RJ. Go so basically, I will deliver them everything. But what I will do was, let's say we're doing a processing house. I will make multiple smaller point cloud groups. So like, I'll do a ceiling section, a wall section, and decimate them at different levels. 
So then they load in the decimated version they need for that aspect, unattach it, attach the next one. So it's basically just segmenting up. So I still have that mega project on my end. They have the raw data if they ever want it. But I also go through the effort of segmenting it into multiple small different decimated level point clouds. Is there so they can just is, attach and unattach. Is there a way for you to catalog it in such a way that they can prioritize like, hey, I want, th these are the, my main priorities for my project, my yeah. design. Yep. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It, it, it all plops right in place. So wherever you create that seam, it just, it yeah. seems right next, it plops right into place. So let's say we scanned this room a few minutes ago. If I wanted just this computer, I can actually, if I got on control or whatever, I can actually cut out just this computer and give it to you. And then when you're ready for the table, I can give you the table. And when you're ready for the mic stand, I can give you the mic stand. We can segment and do that kind of thing. That's what he's talking about, the ceiling, the wall, and all that. You, just, mm. you can do it in chunks. And so how do you go from, and this is something I've always wondered about, how do you go from this massive three-point cloud, like for an ALSA survey, going back to that example, how do you go from like this all this 3D data to a 2D drawing? <laughs> My, it's is, surprising. That's the hardest thing is to make intelligence dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so that's, for, that's the difficult thing. For, for me, I found Recap is my love. I, a lot of people hate Recap, but Recap is an right. Autodesk product. And so I can bring it into InfraWorks, Civil 3D, uh, Revit. Uh, and so if I, if, and when he says decimate, it's making this, the point cloud smaller without losing any of your, any of your data, really. I mean, it, mm. it just, it goes through and takes out. Yep. A third of the point clouds that, that you don't need, but you still get all the major edges and all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, you basically go from you know, one one millimeter or three millimeters apart to six millimeters apart or something like that, and you don't lose any any of the, the actual data. Yeah. Uh, but mine is Recap. Recap is to, it's forty dollars a month for the pro version, and you can mm -hmm. actually introduce control. And so, if you had something that wasn't flat and you wanted to make it flat, you can do that in Recap. $40 a month. There's also a free version that everyone gets in the AEC package um, that you can just plop it in. It's an RCP yep. file. Uh, and, and there's a few different options. RCP, you can see all the different scans and actually go to the scan and see it. Or an RCS is a one big unified, boom, point cloud. Gotcha. And so, and, and so for me and my, my clients down here, they're using Civil 3D a lot. I, they just plop it right in. It's they can they can take the RCP and plop it in. So now I use a company called Airworks. Yes, uh, and they they've been on. Yeah, <laughs> they've been on. Chris Holiday's my my guy. I told him I give him a little yep. shout out. Uh, they do a lot of my drone processing, but they're in the AI field. And so now with this with this point cloud, you you can you can send it over to them, and within a couple of days, well, they, they do you know maximum four, but they've been pretty quick lately. Uh, you can send them over everything, and they it auto drafts everything. It recognizes you can classify your points into ground, trees, houses, uh, light poles. Now it's starting to get so intelligent that you can pluck out just the pieces that you need. Uh, and so that's how that's how it all goes together. Is is you get you know everything mm -hmm. in, in different layers, if you will. Uh, and and that's how I found I can deliver. I can scrape the ground on most of my stuff, and I have one file for that. And then uh, and then for the automatic uh, you know airworks, they're about an eighty percent hit rate, you know, you've got to go through and fix some of the stuff. There's no one button solution. That's what the sales guys will, will sell mm -hmm. you. It's like, oh, you just push a button, it's done. No, Chris is straight up like, no, no, you got to go through and, you know, fix some stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, they go through and manually look at it uh, and they do fix what they can. But there's, there's certain things as surveyors that we know what to look for that mm -hmm. uh, we definitely have. But RJ, what, what's, how, how do you get yours into formatting for, for clients? Actually, so what I do is I, I'm kind of unique because I create the really nice point cloud and then I deliver them usually with an introduction to clear edge 3D products like Rhythm or Verity because I deal a lot in the BIM market or to SCC for their topographic. Oh, that's a good one. So I, 
I deliver them the point cloud and introduce the client to that or to firms that specialize in the modeling. That's one of the reasons I only scan is honestly, I don't have enough time to stay current with modeling software, drone software, everything else out there. Um, it's a full-time dedicated effort just to stay current with one product, never mind six products. So I use a network of people and products to introduce the clients to rather than trying to do it all. So RJ, let me ask you, what's a, what's a typical project look like for you? What, do you, what what's your sweet spot? For volume of scan? Yeah. So typically, actually, it's just me registering the data. So the scanner goes out to the client with push button, and I, Microsoft Teams, meeting them on what I want them to do in the field. And they deliver me back the scanner. I download it and register their data to create their point cloud for them. And, they, and they've never ran a scanner before, right? This is the, this is the beauty of it. They've right? never run it before. He sends it out. What? Your yeah. clients are doing the field work, in other words. My clients, I, in my opinion, running a scanner is no more difficult than a realtor running a Matterport camera. Okay. All right, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm kind of in that, you know, my, I'm in that same boat as I, the, the people that I found the last few years that work with me and for me. Yeah. They don't know surveying, but they've, they've adapted and learned. Um, but they're, they're so good at the field techniques of the scanners as they've learned. But they don't really, you don't have to know what you're doing uh, at first. And you just tell them, like I said, push a button, pick it up, walk 15 spaces, count your steps, put it down, hit the button again. What's, what, what's referencing all this data together, though? Like, how are you stitching all this together? Picture family puzzle night. Every scan's <laughs> a little piece of the family puzzle. That's the best way to think about it. You can you can do it. You know, if there's if there's a technique to the people in the field doing it, and they yeah. they've made a concerted effort to to really go in a certain route, like us as surveyors, you know, we we, we do it as oxen plows, or we you know do a circle on the outside and then work our way in or something like that. But yeah. uh, if they if they if they in any way, shape, or form kind of got you close with the next one, the next one, they all have to overlap. Uh, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, there's no yeah. magic button, you know, but, mm. but the guys that I'm using, they're using the iPad and they're out in the field. They're actually registering it as they go. So it, uh, like the RTC 360, we, haven't, we, we talk a lot about Leica, you know, the, the Tremble has the SX10, which is a phenomenal tool as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm a Leica guy because of how they've, they've made, made it so easy. So the one you're looking at there, the BLK 360, that's a nice little handheld 20 grand. Uh, you, you can do it on the iPad and register it. The RTC actually will follow you as you go. <laughs> And it kind of knows where you're going. So it stitches the next one, the next one, the next one. And there's always error. You always got to go in and fix it afterwards. Um, but it, it's starting to get intelligent to where, you know, now they have, oh, man, what, they have the uh, BLK to go where you hold it in your hand. And what used to take an hour. Like walk around. Yeah, like yeah. Long, it's, it's, right? yeah. Actually, Aaron, I will say that, that BLK to go, it's surprising. The tripod mounted one is easier to have a simple operator in the field than the SLAM scanner. The SLAM scanner actually requires a more skilled person in the field than the BLK 360. I agree. The SLAM one's the one you walk around your hand with. And, yeah. 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 So yeah. What, what about that the, actually requires more skill. Yeah. What about the, the Trimble Boston Dynamics dog that walks around? Yeah. With yeah. A spot. Scanner? Yeah. So yeah. they put an RTC. They have one of those? Oh, my yes. God. Yeah, you got to look it up. Man. I mean, I've seen the Boston Dynamics yeah. dog, but I didn't know Trimble. But yeah. I could put their name on one of them. Yep. And that, that's yep. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Every buy, manufacturer buy the stock, out there has put their name. <laughs> Say what? Every manufacturer's put their name on one. Um, yeah. Actually, in the latest release of RTC, they even have a special spot uh soft software development kit 
for the RTC scanner on top yeah, of the it, it just follows you around like a little pet dog, and it's scanning the whole time. Yeah. It's, so, it's pretty phenomenal. So field notes are obsolete. Not I when you have a little dog following you. He's taking all the notes you need. I haven't used field notes, I hate to say it as a surveyor, but, you know, and I I, I forget who you had on a few weeks ago. but was Field Notes about, 101. They talked, it was, oh, was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 full segment on it. And, uh, oh, no, it was it was when, uh, oh, uh, I can't, the ADOT guy. Um, who was a Virgil? Yeah, when Virgil was on. He was yeah. talking about how he hadn't taken field notes in a while. He's like, ah, yeah. I probably should more. Uh, oh. Sorry, he doesn't talk like that. Sorry, Virgil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. <laughs> Uh, but, he, but he's right. You know, I actually had my field guys putting it in the code. So you had it on the screen. You can see it. So I'm not yeah. fishing through field notes. You know, it's a digital timestamp of where you're at. And it's, you know, I would think it would hold up in court. I've never yeah. been. So <laughs> I would know. But I haven't really taken notes in a long time because of where we're at with the, you know, I can see it on my yeah. screen. It's there. So. so we're headed towards literally living in a completely virtual 3D world. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's yeah. going to happen. No doubt about it. But you're never going to get away from the traditional surveying. When it comes to like boundary, boundary for right. example, so I mean, you can't get away from that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was my whole my mantra. At some of the bigger places I went to is I tried yeah. to teach. You know, I, and not to say that my ways. There's ten ways to do it. Not sure my way is the only way to do it. But yep. I found that if we had a guy that that flew a drone, yep. and knew where he's flying, doesn't know anything about surveying, but he knows his area. Someone that's scanning doesn't really know surveying, but they know what they're scanning. That person that normally is out there doing topo and line codes and blah mm-hmm. blah blah all that stuff, yep. they now can just focus on their boundary and they go out and they they tie in a few G, you know GCPs we call them, but ground control shots. Yep, and they can focus on the boundary and they and they get to they actually get to enjoy what they do and and not have to be so worried about picking up every railing and pe- yep. you know piece of the pool and you know how do you get that canopy that's that's overhanging on the customer's property? I mean that's the scanner. So for me, it helped me get some of those some of the, the guys that've been in it for a long time back to just going out and doing the treasure hunt trying to find the trying to find the, the monument so you, know? you said something there that uh, that i was been thinking i've been thinking about this whole time guys have been doing it for a long time and rj mouse. rj's yeah. not a young young buck <laughs> i say right he's uh he, he's obviously been around the block a little bit i mean uh, it's impressive that you have embraced this technology because a lot of guys that are i don't want to say your age because i have no idea how old you are but you've been doing this for a bit but a lot of guys your age aren't embracing this technology they're 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 dead set on doing it the old conventional old school way so kudos to you rj yeah. that was uh so like on that note that was part of the reason why I spent years of dabbling back and forth into land survey firms. And part of the reason I kind of had to break loose of the whole survey world was scanning had so much more use than just survey. But when you're trying to follow land survey code of conduct, it doesn't allow you to flex your muscle in all the other diversities. So it, you know, kind of limits you when you're trying to obey all your land survey standards. Yep. Yep. And so that's, you know, me as a surveyor here in Arizona, I ha- you know, have to, I'm bound, I'm bound to do it. But yeah. Yeah. It, it's made it a lot easier for me to just focus on boundary and not worry about getting every piece of topo. It's there for me. You know? So interesting. Yeah. So interesting. So like, uh, you know, you, you said, you, and I'm not going to like uh, have you tell us exactly who you're working for, but you said, you know, you're working for a, a, a large international company now providing some services, right? Yeah. No, I'll say it's, it's Millman. It, it, I get a lot of grumblings around here because like, oh, national companies coming in and taking our, taking our work, but they got a lot of big, you know, c- Oh, like clients. Millman, they do like all the, all the uh, Alta surveys. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know Darren Millman no, really well it. and he's, yeah, he's an sure. awesome yeah. dude. Yeah. 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 Hey, if you can streamline the process, I mean, what, and nobody, I gotta, nobody should hold that against you. And I, and I got to tell you, I'm I'm learning. I'm doing stuff in all 50 states now under a licensed surveyor. I'm learning yep. a buttload of stuff right now. It is sure. amazing. You know, I'm doing meandering stuff in New York and 
Oklahoma and places I would have never gone and explored. And now I get to be a, you know, kind of a real surveyor again. We're spoiled here in Arizona. We got PLSS. Oh, we're, we're so spoiled. E- everything's published online. You know, yes, oh, totally. Yeah. So totally. Wasn't this originally, this technology was originally used for like video games. Was it not like, it's funny. You should mention that. that photo. You go through New York city. You're like, Hey, I'm on fifth. Avenue. I'm really on. Yep. Fifth that's Avenue. exactly it. So, so I watched, I watched a webcast the other day where it's like, they were showing the people making video games mm. and they used to try to recreate real life to put in video games. Right yep. now they're actually using real life in video games. So if you take that same concept and go into surveying, it's like, we used to recreate what's in the field in a cat environment. Now you have that in your cat environment. It's right. there. You just have to, you know, it's have to get past the, the few hiccups. Yep. And that was what my whole thing about wanting to be on the show was for. It was that it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Yep. But but most times these big firms come in like, oh, we got a job due in two weeks, and we're going to rely on this data set coming through. And when they have the hiccups, yep. they go, "That's it. We're done. We're out." And and yeah. there's you know you, you got to do it on a, on a data set you've already done, or you know something that's not so reliant on yeah it working the first time. But I mean, as, so what I mean, what I love about the concept, and it is a paradigm shift. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. You know, when it comes to surveying, and you know, going this route. Um, you know, introducing all this technology and just taking all these data sets, combining them into an amazing deliverable. There's no doubt about it. But I guess what what I struggle with, I guess, devil's advocate, right? Devil's advocate. Um, I guess the accuracy. Spot on. The accuracy. Oh, I mean, it, let's say you, you've got drone data, you've got scan data, you've got conventional data. Help me out. Help me, so help me feel comfortable with that. The reason why I went to the three, my, my whole mantra on it is scan it, drone it, GPS it. Yeah, I, I like that. And because and sometimes you can't fly because you're in FAA airspace, so you can't fly. And sometimes you can't scan because the scanner's being used. But yeah. when you have three data sets and one's off, you know. When you're just relying on that guy with a robotic total station, or gal, sorry. When you're just relying on the person with a robotic total station, you take yeah. their data and run with it, and you find out a year later there's a foot bust. You don't have that, that check. And, yeah. and that, that it creates in half the time, a third of the time, you now have three full data sets that you can instantly, instantly see when something's wrong. But, but you're creating it three times in three different methods. Yeah. And then overlaying all of them on top of each other. Yeah. yeah. So, like, again, we're talking about extra office time, extra, extra office time. But that How, five days in the field now is one day right. in the field and four in the office. So I don't know if we want to get mm. into this. Interesting. Or not. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mr. MBA. Yeah. So I know I'm excited to hear this. It, Go ahead, Steve. At the end of the day... It's a we're wash. All, it's a wash. No, we're all here to satisfy our clients, yep. our clients' mm-hmm. needs. And we have to interpret, you know, and justify our hours, sure. our, our mm-hmm. work, you know, what we're charging them. And by classification, by description, whatever it is, it could be whether it's public or private. How do you justify this to someone who just doesn't even understand? I can't wait to hear RJ's comment on it. But, <laughs> but, 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 but mine is, mine, for me, it's, okay, this project A is going to cost the same price. However, don't worry about the methods I'm doing. Okay, yep. don't worry about. Yep. I'm yep. going to get you the same deliverable that you're used to seeing. Yep. No matter what, right? You're gonna. You're not going to know what's going on in the background. However, yep. you never have to go back to a site and revisit it. Yep. How much you know it costs you a thousand dollars. Mob D mob savings. Yep. Obviously. So yeah. right then and yeah. there, and then if they ever have a question, they have an add-on. They go, hey, that building next door, we wanted to add on. Oh, we already have that data. We yep. scanner happened to catch that. We have that yep. data. You know, you have. So much more in that data set that, you know, if you ever had a question like, oh, man, that guy, we said 50-foot grid, and they did a 100-foot grid, you already have it. It's right down in there. Yeah, so the client doesn't have to know what's going on behind the scenes, let's say, and how the data is being collected to get the deliverable they expect, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They want to see the same thing. They don't want to see the big data sets. I mean, I can tell instantly 
when contours are made from a drone or a scanner. So mm. figuring out how to get those in a method that people are used to seeing. I mean, so RJ, what's, what's, what's your take on the big cost savings? How do you, I mean, cause everyone wants to save money and I always so, tout it as it's the uh, same price, yeah. but, but. Actually, it's cheaper. I'll give you an example. So <laughs> about seven years ago, I did a, well, we call it a highway. You'd call it an interstate. I did about three kilometers of interstate that had four overpasses. So that was traffic control because they had to have roving traffic control to protect me collecting paint lines, road topo. So it wasn't just me. Now it was traffic control, all the safety, everything else in it, and me out there for days playing in traffic, driving by me at 50 miles an hour. Mm. I went back just for S&Gs last year with two scanners and myself in four hours, and I had all that data captured plus more. Yep. When I did it originally with RTK, and I wasn't even RTS, I was just an RTK system then. Um, it was five days of RTK work with traffic accommodation and everything else. So you look at that, I had no traffic accommodation. I did it with from the shoulders, just with two scanners and myself running. But I had a Leica P50 out there and an RTC. And I set the P50 up on the bridges, let it measure the whole time while I went and moved the RTC around. Half hour later, I'd go move the P50, let it do another capture while I ran around with RTC. So I did the entire interstate in four hours by myself, no traffic control. And you, and you bring up a great point of the safety issue. And it, I, I had to make the call one day to some of our crews that they had to go back to a job that we lost on a bid because that surveyor just got killed and they needed to finish the job. So it's like, hey... A, can you go out and look for that guy's equipment? Make sure that, you know, we don't know what happened, where he's at. But mm. B, can you finish that job? That, that call right yeah. there, I know, can't, I know you've been through it too. It's, 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 yep. a, you know, it's, it's hard to live with knowing that you could have saved some, some, some lives with this technology. Right. But, but yep. you bring up a great point, RJ, of the safety just alone. People that climb cell towers, you know, now we've got drones. And we can get a full, accurate 3D model for sure. without them having to climb it. You know? With yep. an ortho, correct? Uh, no, full point cloud. Full 3D point cloud. So the ortho is just looking straight down with a bunch of images stitched together with very good accuracy. But the point cloud itself is a 3D. And I can, again, get it in format. You can see it in civil 3D. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. So let me ask you this. Let's say you've, you are the owner of a traditional survey company. It's been around for, say, 35 years, right? Doing things the old-fashioned way, right? Yeah. If you were to, let's say you were like a business consultant and you were coming into this company, you're like, here's what you can do differently to be more efficient and to uh, have a higher return on investment, let's say. What are some things that you might recommend in that situation? I've got a lot of them. Learn your software first. <laughs> Don't even buy the scanner. Don't buy the drone. Subcontract out the actual physical making of your mosaics and your point clouds. Yep. And learn your software procedures first and, there's and even, what you're going to do with software and deliverable. There's even enough free so, uh, point clouds from different universities and stuff that you can actually find models to play with that you can, hmm. you can figure it out. Yeah. yeah. They'll give you a 30 day yeah. free trial, but yep. yeah, I was in it. My suggestion is like call RJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I, 
it's changed over the years. It used to be, man, everyone's got to have a drone and everyone's got to have, you know, this and that. Yep. I'm now stuck on the every crew should have an iPhone 12 Pro Max. Because no of, kidding. Because of what you can collect in that thing. And, and you what, know, they, what can you collect with that thing? Oh, my gosh. I just saw one the other day that they, they did a, a pipe run and they, they collected it. You know, just walk like a video, basically. You take a video and they brought and it back like in. It's like geo-referenced? I mean, yeah. is it? Well, I mean, it, t- it takes, you know, <clears throat> RJ or me with, yeah. the, with the software yeah. and put yeah. it in. But it's, you know, when you yeah. have things that you can control it with it's yep. it's maybe a half hour for us to put that stuff in it's it's not too bad that's crazy um, but you can see yeah. where stuff's at and check your elevations and all that stuff so is there, is there a potential to add any other kind of um sensor data like thermal oh yeah geothermal yeah. Or anything mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so that be okay i i'll be able to show you guys how i measure the thermals in this wall i'll tell you which one was the hottest seat in the house Really? Well, yeah. that's gang wall, of course. <laughs> of course. Right. There's oh, no doubt about that. You're breathing the fire right now. <laughs> it's all the tequila, it's yeah. It's all red right here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's good. That's another problem is the clients don't, there's so much technology out there that a new user yes. kind of loses sight. Like the BLK, for instance, it won't work with automatic pipe detection side of edgewise. The data is not clean enough. You need a higher end scanner. So like, the iPhone 12 Pro, sure, you're going to get LiDAR data, but there's a lot of limitations to what that LiDAR data will do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's... so, And that's why I say they should learn software and what they want from the software. There's enough firms out there that specialize in LiDAR drones or laser scanning to capture that data and give you the data. Yeah, and that's where I've evolved over the years. It used to be, oh, everyone's got to be having a drone. Everyone's got to have a scanner. And now it's like, eh. Mm. Eh, not so much. I mean, oh, like interesting. You, said, you can sub out and get those. So I use drone deploy. You know, so there's there's Pix4D, uh-huh. but I use drone deploy because I can upload my my images anywhere. I'm not stuck to my computer being with me. Mm. Uh, but drone deploy now has drone on demand. So 300 bucks a site, up to like 10, 30, 40, 50 acres, they'll go out and fly for you and give you the images. And they have GCPs and wow. everything. So it's you know it's referenced into your your survey data and all that stuff. But so at what point are these project owners gonna just do this in house? I think we're, we're quite a ways out. You still, I mean, RJ, I'm sure you're on the same boat, but I have a lot of manual checking that I have to do. A lot of stuff that, a lot of the tips well, and tricks that I look for that, go ahead, RJ. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, like, especially with LIDAR registration, there is a ton of work to be done in there. Um, as for people doing it themselves, I think, well, when we look at survey, we've seen that evolution already where contractors are no longer hiring a surveyor to come do their layout. They're looking after their own grid line layout, their own flower pot layout. Um, and it's just they need to be price competitive. Uh, they can't pay a land survey crew to come out to lay out four grid lines. So, now you I know, will, it's I will bust kind out of fun, boundary or that. <laughs> I will bust out a fun fact here that RJ keyed me into last week. Up there in Canada, the construction surveyors make more money than the boundary guys. They get paid their union. They get mm. paid buku bucks to lay yep. stuff out. Those union guys, man. That's the key word, right? Oh, yep. man. Those yeah. union guys, they make, they make bank, dude. Oh, it's crazy. I wish we had yeah. So, yeah. like, the, the, gosh, the surveyor of the future, what does it look like, you guys think? I mean, what, what is That's it going to be? Is it going to be like, I'm going to be sitting in my desk in Phoenix. I'm going to freaking. It's de- the Boston gonna, Dynamics dog. Yeah. I'm going de- yeah. to deploy a drone from my desk. Yep. It's going to go out there. I'm going to subcontract a guy out there to scan it. Um, yeah. And then you send a, send a boundary guy out to just do the boundary. Just but the boundary. then you, br- you bring up uh, like the term surveyor. And this is something that's weird is that's so regional and national continental specific. 
Yeah. You go to Ireland, for instance, your surveyors are civil engineers before they're surveyors. Yeah. You come into Canada when you study survey, it's all about land boundary and boundary definition. Yeah. Hardly anything to do with the 3D world. So when you say surveyor, the boundary surveyor is completely different than the construction layout surveyor. Oh, yeah. Different no, no skills, question. different. No question. And that's... That's the weird thing when you talk survey. It's like, which survey specialty are we going to refer to? No question. But how is that? Do you know how this is evolving in the educational institutions? The, here, the educational institutions are still very focused on boundary as the land surveyors. We study geomatics. Yeah. It's in the boat, man. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not entering the civil hole world or the mining world like honestly civil engineering students study more about 3d surveying than a land surveying student does wow because they're learning how to lay out roads and how to do train design and everything else whereas the land surveying students are learning how to define property boundaries and you know i almost see like gis is gonna become a 3d thing oh yeah right i used i used to just pick on GIS people, and now I Not love anymore. them. I Not love anymore. them. <laughs> I, I used to yeah. hate stain plane coordinates. I love them now. I mean, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm intertwined with these GIS people like there's no tomorrow, and and yeah, they're they are somewhat of the future for us. Totally agree. What about totally large agree. large sites? So we're talking about thousands of acres. You know, perfect uh, question. Perfect question. Because I'm I'm thinking about like somebody just called me today about like a 4,500 acre site. Yeah. Right. I'm like, well. Do you fly with a drone? I don't know if you fly 4,500 acres with a drone. I mean, that just doesn't seem like the file sizes are going to be freaking massive. I mean, you could, but... Do you yeah. do it traditional photogrammetry? Yeah, it's an Aerotech Cooper thing. But, you know, yep, you know, exactly. but, but then you work yeah. in conjunction with them and yep. figure out their role, your role, and, and you both okay. get a piece of the pie. You know, it's not... Interesting. It's yep. not just sub it, you know, just give it to them and say, here you go. But uh, I think my limit for drone where I'm at is 100 acres. Uh, I've... I've Getting up, gotten up to about 300 acres and had some pretty good um, uh, results. But after 100 acres. What I'm, kind of time? Like, what's the checks you got to build in for that? Just out of curiosity. I know we're getting off topic just yeah, a little yeah. bit. But let's say you're flying a drone over 300 acres. How many ground control points do you realistically need to make sure that you're delivering an accurate It depends uh, on how, how high you're flying and what kind mm. of terrain you're in, how much relief you have. You know, okay. you know um, to, to toot Jim Crim's uh, horn here, yep. he's got a thing on his website that you can mm. go in and, and calculate all this stuff. And, it, and, and you know, it's, it's free. And you can go yeah. in and see you know kind of the different parameters of what works and what doesn't yep so you know every site's different if you were doing a flat 300 acres and it was just dirt you know it's doable you can do it but um you you tend to because also sensor platform yeah aaron sensor platform so like if you're getting the goq 410 underneath an m600 your requirements are completely different than flying a mavic 2 you know, so, so Mavic 2 being a little guy, the, the M600 being the yeah. six blade cotton. Gotcha. Kent's over here giving me gotcha. looks like, what? what is it? <laughs> like all of a sudden yeah. I feel like I'm in like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then you get that GOQ TrueView 410, you're getting true LIDAR data that's four centimeters accurate already. Yeah. You know, right from the copter that's colorized. Yeah. Well, the other, but the, the cost, the other it? aspect you need to think about too, is that when you have, you know, these, these firms who go out and fly and, and, once you deploy a fixed wing yep. aircraft, yep. You're, yeah. you're going out there to try to collect six, seven different sites. Yeah. So oh. you're maybe getting yeah. 10, 20, 30,000 acres, different clients, different projects, right? Yep. Which, mm-hmm. and, and, and so there's, I'm just saying there's that different dynamic. So, so here's a great example. So we had these rock piles we did for a local rock quarry, and they were scattered all throughout Arizona here uh, and west and east. How big, like how big of piles are we talking about? 
man, each site had 30 to 60 pretty massive piles. And when we first started out 10 years ago, we mm-hmm. would climb these things. And I mean, I many, yeah, yeah. many a days puking because it was, you for know, sure. it was oh, yep. brutal yep. and yep. dangerous. We had a guy get so working so, for like a materials company. Yeah. 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 And you're so, just yep, quantity. So, the, so then, so then introduced drones. That was my first really okay. why I was like, Oh, ding drones yep. going to work. You know, we tried and yep. tried and tried, couldn't get it to work, finally get it to work. But then we realized for one person to drive to one site and exactly. fly the next site and fly the next yep. site and fly. Exactly. And the time frame they needed a plane was the way to go. You just get all four sites and yeah, right, one day sure. they get them all. So, you yep. know, it's just, you know, every project different. Say 4,500 acres, yep. you know, you said, you know, they, the aero companies will work with you and tell you where you need ground control and then you just yep. get check shots galore. But same concept with drones. You know, you got, you got your GCPs you set down and we used, I used spray paint. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, right. that's where I'm at nowadays. And really for me, kind of like the concept here, here's another good one, RJ, is probably five years ago, it was targets everywhere when you're when you're laser scanning. You had to have targets everywhere. Yeah. I see every corner and every point as a control point. If you know, oh, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, you gotcha. know if you yeah. know it's in the same, you have five yeah. different scans, they can yeah. see the same corner. That's a control point, really. I mean, you don't have to go, you know, it's called point-to-point yeah. point uh, registration. But. Again, it's back to software and hardware, but more so software specific. Like some programs are phenomenal at cloud-to-cloud. Other registration okay. software really struggles with cloud to cloud. Yeah. So it's yeah. very, very specific to the software. You can use any scanner, but every software is going to treat how it registers that data different. And that's, you know, back to the point, you have the uh, companies that specialize in it. Like what Steve was saying about flights. We have companies here that specialize in just doing drone flights. Hmm. Why would you buy your own drone yes. totally to agree. fly it once a week? And yep. That's the way I've always looked at businesses. You spend, let's say, $100,000 on a scanner. That means you have to be charging your client just for the hardware $1,000 a day, and you better hope it's working four days a week. Yep. Otherwise, you might as well just become a rental warehouse and rent that scanner out. If that scanner is not internally generating you revenue off itself, you might as well just become a rental warehouse and rent out equipment because there's no point owning something you're going to use once a week. So now, RJ, you're talking my language, okay? Yes. <laughs> yes. There's, there's yeah. smoke coming out of his ears. Yeah. I see. Yeah. You got yeah. the BLK, 20 grand? Yeah, 20 grand. What's your yeah. ROI? I mean, that's I the beauty. That's I, made, I made it back in the first month. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's looking just at the hardware. You still have your software, your calibration, your computer, and the person that of learns course. to run that data. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So, but the software, so Reg360 has made it easy enough now that it's, I think it's like, what, three grand to buy the license and $1,000 a year? You know, you well, if you, only run the, if you only run BLK, oh, yeah, true, true. You have 500 a year for just BLK data. Yeah. Which is for the software. I mean, what it was five years ago, that's cheap. That's cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So we so, need to go get one then. Yeah, we should get one. I'm telling you, it's the way. Geohawks need one. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> scan your dog. Exactly. Right there. Scan your dog. Scan yourself. You can put yourself. So speaking of video games, I went and uh, yeah. I flew a skate park, and I just, Did just you really just the other night. Yeah, it was one on 75th Ave in Indian School. It's the one that's like pretty famous for when they have most of their skate competitions yeah. here. And so I got this 3D model of it, and you know I've made it to where our clients can actually see it on their phone. And you know that's another hot ticket item is like how can people just see it on their phone? That's another really big one. Yep. Uh, but I was playing around the other night, and years and years ago, Jim Croom, sorry, <laughs> Eugene Storm, but he taught me coding, and so it all hmm. came back. Ten years later, I, wow. I was in on Unity, and I'm like, wait a minute, I can take this skate park that I did in 3D and put it in a video game, and now I've created a character that can actually move around and had to make the camera movements, and then I can create little pew-pew shoot guys that can shoot at me, 
and I can put walls on the outside what? of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna make a okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm, no I'm, way. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a little RC monster car that you can drive around the, the skate park, and it's the actual skate park that you see out there. It's it's just you know, it was a ten minute drone flight. Unbelievable. Actually, for for any of you that are interested, honestly, you go buy Brickscat Ultimate, you get a free license of Unreal Engine with Brickscat Ultimate, and you can throw in the point clouds. Yeah, Unreal Engine. That's like what like the big dog, like actual yeah. video games are using. They yep. even if everyone see the Mandalorian, do you know that they used Unreal Engine for a lot of how they filmed that as well? No. Yeah, yeah. Check yeah. look you, at that tonight. That is up, huge. You bring up a great market yeah. surveying. So I I have I've made more hourly rate selling my images from drone than I have surveying. So you know you start to back up and you're like, hmm, what am I really doing here? Same thing with scanning and Hollywood and like what they're doing now with CGI and all that stuff like. These scanners that we use for surveying applications have so many more uses, but yeah. It's yeah, yeah, check that out tonight. Look up the sound yeah, is what the studio is yeah. called, and it uses like this LED screen technology with Unreal Engine and some sort of, there has to be some sort of laser scanning involved, but check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, totally well. Yeah. So there, there is lots involved because uh, there's more scanners sold the VFX industry than survey by about tenfold. Yep. Wow. Sure. And, and here's another big yeah. one is Epic Games, who runs Fortnite, just bought uh, Reality Capture. Uh, RJ keyed me on this. Uh, but that's, you know, they are, video games are, are looking at this, this kind of technology. And so now you go out of the, like the boundary and litigation and stuff that you worry about and, and you're making three times the amount of money with the same equipment, you know? All right, so here's the bottom line. And RJ, I'm going to start with you on this. Let's say I'm a, a, a young adult wanting to get into the survey slash geomatics fields. Mm-hmm. What direction do you go at this point? <laughs> Where do you start? Because I'm an, I'm an old, like, traditional boundary survey, hold the dummy end of the tape on a three-man crew, traverse through the woods yeah. kind of guy. And yeah. what you guys are talking about is, like I said, I've mentioned it like three different times. This is a paradigm so- shift. I come I come from your roots. I started where we were the MC5 data collector and HP48 and your M- notes MC5, were in the back. MC5, wasn't it like a punk rock band? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, the MC5. MC5, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and our field notes were on the back of a cigarette pack because I think it was a pre-qualification that you smoked back yep. then. <laughs> um, Drink butter. And... Part of the beauty of looking at diverse industries like interior designers, realty, all those other aspects is the litigation. You're not into requiring the 5 million liability insurance. You're not going to be sued because you laid out that glazing line wrong. Um, So unfortunately, by distancing yourself from construction layout and legal survey and using the technology and other applications, you've just thrown all the liability out the door. And it's a, I know, out I know, the door I know, on your clients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know, yeah. I know, and you know, this show kind of premise is like, how do we get young people into surveying? You yeah. know, and that, that is really yeah. the, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat of like, I love that I have my surveying license and, and it was, and, and it's yeah. one of those things I really am proud of. Right. And it's like, how do I get these younger people in when you got, when you, you know, you start talking about what could go wrong yep. with a survey. Yeah, true. true. Yeah. You know, it's like you kind of scare them away, you know? True. I think it's a good, true. when you're talking about like Unreal and like the different, um, like reality, like these different companies too, like that's going to be a way into totally like is. see how like, yeah. yeah, like you like playing Fortnite, guess what? The same engine that runs Fortnite is running that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. that, that's oh, a good way eyes. that can, oh. can get it to connect. Yeah. For sure. yep. Oh yeah. Yep. So true. Yeah. And, and actually it's funny. So in the local polytechnique here, the local college, this year was their first full AR, VR, interior design architecture program intake. Hmm. 
So fully, eight, but it was interior design architecture. It wasn't survey. And they have all the laser scanners, all the 3D cameras. And that was their first year intake this year. And, and so to answer your point, what I think, so I, I did a lot of work in California and LA has got their shit together. I mean, they really do have a GIS system that they've got all their sewer inverts published, like all their utilities, all their storm drain, all the boundary that they can. It's, it's, it's all there and published for LA County anyway, parts of it. And we're getting there here in Arizona. Brian Gallagher, what yeah. he's done with with what you know, yeah, you know, yeah, no, no question. All the stuff they've done. We're spoiled. We are, we are spoiled. so spoiled. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I see that virtual world as you know, I've 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 talked with Jim Crew a few times about RFIDs being in the caps where you can now start, you know, they're transmitting constantly. For sure. So you know, that's the world we're going into. Is that is now going to be? You're talking about like in property corners, right? Yeah, 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 like yeah. smart caps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, totally, dude. I'm totally yeah. on board. And they're with cheap. That. They're cheap. I mean, literally, totally you on board with that. Yeah. And and then it's yeah. always published. It's always there. You know. Yeah. And and people are scared of. It, it's change and that's the people are used to turn their angles yep. and getting where, where they need to be and they don't trust the geospatial systems like oh you can have someone come in and block your your, your signal and you're going to be hosed but it's yep. like, eh, how many times has that really happened you know like yeah i had to take a day off with a bit of solar flare but yeah. you know it, it i really do see the way of the future being these smart cities and, and where we're at so that's kind of where my mindset is, is as a yep. as a surveyor is going forward of you're going to have to catalog all that data. And there's a lot of land out there. It's hard. Yeah. I get some of those hard ones that, you know, they're, they're tough to solve. Yeah. But so I think the role of the surveyor is, is changing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and you, have to, no you have to allow it to yeah. change. Yeah. You have to accept that. Um, but the problem is, I, I think, Steve, you mentioned this earlier, um, like the like the post-secondary education, it's not, I don't think it's caught up to it. No. It's not caught up to it. It has it because like if you if you're going to school for surveying, you're not learning what you guys are talking about, most likely, or maybe even engineering. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know what these. RJ, what do you think like. about that? I think it's actually more down to the association boards trying to hold a tight noose on what they consider their profession. Not so much the schools not willing to teach it, but the association boards. When you have guys that are near retirement, they're not willing to let things go out of their control. So true. So you have these scores of 300 (laughs) people controlling it. Yeah. It'll slowly transition. But then you got like the rebels. Like I almost look like you guys as rebels. Yeah. Would you agree? (laughs) Oh, yeah. But, are, are, but but a rebel that covers my ass, you know, everything is, yeah. is yeah, there's field notes and, yeah, 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 and yeah. but go ahead. Yeah. With the, no, I totally yeah, agree. Total rebels, but yeah. Yeah. absolutely. So yeah, like uh, up here for us to become designated, we have to do what's called the C kelps exams. I've yeah. completed 11 of my 13. I never did all 13 because I saw there was a lot more money and a lot more potential in freedom mm. doing anything but boundaries. <laughs> Yeah. So interesting, man. Yeah. 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 It's just, and, and not to say that our concept is the only thing that's out, you know, there's, there's 10 yeah. other ways to, to think about this. You know, some big firms are killing it right now. Some of the, some of the yeah. people out here are killing it, but the DOTs and the feds, you know, they're slowly evolving into, you know, with NASA and everything that's going on with the rover. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the yeah. way of, you know, we're, we're forward thinking, you know, I'm already going into holograms and video games and all kinds of stuff that are yeah. just next level because yeah. I've seen the potential of it's there, you know? So, so let me ask you this. When yeah. you guys are out on a site, and you just know whatever the, the location is, and you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna grab this too while I'm just out here just for shit. It's a girls. standard for me. It's it yeah. is it is a yeah. that that is you know that goes back to your question. And, and of, what were the chances of you actually getting hired for collecting that data later on? Has that ever happened? Or you're like, I've already yeah, captured that's, no, that's a good question. Oh, you're yeah, like, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, like oh, you mentioned yeah. it. Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah, yeah, I got paid three times for the same job for that thing. <laughs> It's the same fee. Things that you just uh, thought about capturing just because you thought it would be cool? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Go up up an extra story. Is that why you brought it here? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, RJ, what yeah. about do you, you get a lot of return return stuff that you know it's a flat fee and, and people again they don't need to know what's going on. Actually, so like the point cloud's a f- flat fee. Where the extra comes in is I do mostly architectural um and mechanical type work. So they specify what kind of model they want for step one. I'm in the habit of what a lot of people call over scanning. So I scan beyond what's required with higher density. And the number of I would say every client comes back, oh, can you model me down to every half inch pipe? Yeah, yeah. So then all of a sudden it's like, well, I already have the data. Now it's just ching ching on the extra modeling, mm. which I sub consult out and then double the price and invoice my client. <laughs> Dude, he's speaking your language right there. <laughs> It's like we should edit this out, actually. Right? You know, yeah. So this is the scene. We, I mean, we're not telling you all of our secrets. There's a lot more in the background. <laughs> no, but it's intellectual yeah. property, and and like, yeah. So yeah. some of this, the technology, then RJ, is it? Uh, I mean, so it's a lot of BIM. It's the BIM market. Yeah. 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 BIM market. Yeah, for architects, mechanical process, oil and gas. Yeah. E- even topographic, like you look at a road, they go, "Well, we want paint lines and curb lines." Then they come back, well, can you give us all the trees? Can you give us all the signs? Yeah. Can you give us the images of the signs so we can do an asset adjustment on them? But if you're scanning so, a room, are you seeing through the walls? No, you have to scan no. the other side and then tie it all together. So, what about what's yeah. – so if we're talking about uh, – So look up. Those panels there is a great example of most times when I'm scanning yeah. vacant sites and all that, we, we, we double our costs for having to scan above because it doubles your field time and modeling mm. time. But – a lot of clients will actually want the panels popped and they want everything scanned up there as well. But and so seeing through walls, you just see spaces. When you when you do one room to the next, you just see a, a space. You know, you can cut into the wall if you wanted to and put it in there. But. Yeah, and actually see ceiling spaces there, and I think I told you this. My secret to those is you hire the ceiling contractor to come and tarp the room and pop every single panel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't two hours that. before you yep. go in and scan. Otherwise, you're popping one panel yourself, shoving the yep. scanner up, move to another one, pop it yourself. Total prerequisite. This is all overhead contract, stuff, right? So if you're talking yeah. MP, MEP, mechanical electrical plumbing, yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, you know, how are you getting the stuff between this wall and that wall? There's electrical. I already know there's electrical between yeah. these two. Walls. I mean, you can yeah. see the sockets and you can put it in your drawing, but unless you actually cut a hole in the wall and put your scanner, right. you're not going to. So there's no actually. Like, yeah, there is. Oh, so, all right. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, here comes RJ. There's got to be a sensor, right, yeah. for that. Yeah. Actually, so especially this is getting very popular in concrete buildings of the 70s and 80s is you have oh, the X radar guys come in. Mm. They paint mark radar and chalk guys. up the walls, and then you scan yep. after their paint marks, and yep. you capture all those paint marks in your scan. Yep, And then they know where to post So now you have – yeah. You have an inherent model, not exact on inside the walls, but you have all those X radar marks on the walls and the floor showing you where the rebar and everything else is. Very cool. So what? what yeah. There's got to be some limitations. In that. What are the limitations? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you have to understand that, right? Yeah. So the boundary yeah. stuff you talked about, that's obviously... Oh, that, that's a whole other animal. Yep. So. Grass and vegetation. There is no perfect vegetation removal tool. The wind moves it a yep. lot. You get a lot of that. Was yeah. there something about like streets or reflective glass or black? But, you said something about black buildings too. Yep. Just with this scanner, just or, with this cheap one, it doesn't like black. What about noise? Just grabbing too much noise, which increases your so, process. Now we're now we're poking holes in your whole that's thing. Okay, no, okay. So I, I scanned it. You know, back before COVID, when they had the uh, uh, what's it called Comic Con, but it's called something else now. I went and scanned at Comic Con. I had okay. a thousand people in every yeah. scan. 
there is actually a tool in register like it's registered 360 that will pull out most of yeah, that. So, so there's there's a macro or whatever it, you call it. Know, it yeah, it knows yeah. from one well, that's AI, right? Yeah, it's essentially yeah. it's AI. That's the yeah. person yeah. wait them out. Yep. So and, you can and, do and Times be, Square. And because you had yeah, because you had and think about cars and traffic. Like we can now survey from the corners versus having to be in the middle of the intersection. From all, I've got one. I did up in, in Avondale. I was going to show you guys, but we uh, we we scanned from all four corners. Did and, you really? And we got everything you needed. You got everything you needed in full color. We just raised the thing up. Except for the monument in the intersection. Yeah, but, but. Actually, Aaron, <laughs> I know which one you're talking about, and you have the locate marks on the ground that are also in the point cloud. Yeah. Is yeah. that the same one we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. UPS drive. Yeah. And you can see all the, yeah. the underground utilities in it as well. You see all the locate marks in the data. Oh, it's pretty sweet. You got to uh, show me that. You got to show me that. Yeah. So, I, yeah. What, what was your, what did you, what were you just touching on with that? No, I was just thinking about biotechnology, actually. So, like, I swallow a pill and I get a complete scan of my GI system. Yeah. Mm, is that there? I don't know. That's beyond. I bet you RJ knows. All they, all they heard is uh, all they heard is Steve swallows. That's all I heard. So, <laughs> actually, I next, uh, I just put in a proposal to use ground penetrating radar on a sunken pipe where they have a big hollow hole that washed out underneath it, and they want to kind of know what's happening. So we're going to actually try and put a floating camera through the pipe and have them track it on surface and spray paint on surface and then pick that up with the scanner after. And then while they're doing the GPR, they'll mark the surface with everything the GPR sees. After that's all spray paint marked on the asphalt, we're going to scan it. And I, it's not a true 3D model, but you have that whole capture of what's Pretty there. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so and any, anybody can open it up and look at it. Trimble has, uh, what is it like SiteWorks, I think? Yeah. And it's, it's a VR type thing yeah. where you can take all this information yeah. you guys are talking about and like put the, the VR glasses on and walk around and be like, mm -hmm. yep. that's, 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 they, that's they, ridiculous. They've got, that's the, ridiculous. They've, they've got the glasses now that go yeah. down just yeah. a little bit yep. so you can actually yeah. see your site and see where you're walking. And yeah, it's, it's, it is ridiculous. And that is the way of the future. It's, it's like a virtual survey. Except you wouldn't use that because that's when you get a site. We will go to the computer screen so people do it remotely because now, especially with COVID, everybody's discovered you're not going to site. So you'll really? send Aaron there to capture the data, and then he'll share the whole fly through that everybody can navigate themselves on their computer yeah. in a in a format that's usable. Yeah, yeah. And see now, RJ brought up uh, SEC. That is, it's not available in the states yet, right? Have you guys haven't released it yet? Uh, we're still in the rewrite of that, so we're rewriting it to be just lidar specific and not survey. It it's one of those programs that will it's a do it all. You know, push a button and, and it does a lot of it for you. And the auto topo and auto line works. So, you know, they're, they're getting there with it. It's, uh, yeah. it's are, are people using this in like the real estate like sector? Like I just think about a couple of times when you go and like look at these places and you know the thing that they do with like the tripods and they take photos and you can jump from spot to spot and like look around yeah. like the 360. Like do, is it too expensive to like really do something like that right now? Yeah, mine's more. So go ahead. you're talking about Matterport where there's yeah, 360 photo tours? Mm-hmm. Guess yeah. what? That same app controls this scanner. Yep. Yeah. You can put this scanner on Matterport. So yeah. Yeah. So is it just too expensive to do right now, or that just they haven't tapped into something like that, or just not necessary? Oh no, they are doing it on your higher end homes. They're doing that, so the interior designer already has the 3D model. Yep. Actually, even I'm a real estate agent too, but even with you know, given with COVID and stuff. Yeah. You know, that's that's, that's where I was kind of going. Virtual walkthrough. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. Have to go yeah. There. 
mm. in like two yeah. scale and like sometimes with the 360s like you're limited in like what your perspectives and stuff can be because it's you can only s- you know kind of look from the different areas where yeah. the camp the, the photo is so, taken so it's zillow kind of has a stronghold on the matterport itself uh mm. using that app so that's kind of what 90 percent of people i know yeah. are doing with those um you can do it with that scanner there but there's a theta z1 rico theta z1 360 camera yeah. And that's kind of what everyone I've seen is using is a thousand bucks and you can get the same pictures, if you will, than you can from a $20,000 scanner. But this has the laser on it that gives you the depth. And so if you're doing renovations and all that kind of stuff, then yeah. you actually get, so nobody wants to spend 20 grand yeah. on a scanner to do the, the virtual walkthroughs, but there's that, no reason can, to, but right? you can do it, but yeah. you can, that has the, key. Oh no, there is. Yeah. I could see the well, interior design. Like if it was a really high end thing and you're having an interior designer, I could see yeah. that being, if it's really high end, but if you're just talking about, I just want curious of what the place looks yeah. like, yeah. then I'm just going to be the 360 camera, yeah. but yeah. But if the Matterport's collecting yeah. just the imagery... It's the app you use. Right. Yeah. But, but if you're collecting actual measurements, why not? If, is it... Is They're it just not there is yet. Is it dual collect or no? Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. When I was in... When so it, when then why not just be like, hey, for 500 bucks, if you close on the deal, here it, here it is. Nobody wants to pay. Well, yeah. RJ, what's your take on that? Because 500 bucks is like nothing. Well, Dude, you know how many people, first of you know, all... Charge a thousand. Yeah. You, you got to remember, I live in a city where a one-bedroom apartment costs you five hundred thousand. So, yeah. <laughs> every home's going under renovation. So, a realtor that gives an interior designer a point cloud, you're already ahead because uh, a house here is going to run you three, four million off the top. Yeah, it's a hard. And it's going to need renovation. It's a hard but sell, though. Like. Like Steve says, though, for 500 bucks, and literally for me to go capture a house where I live, it is 500 bucks. Yeah. Wow. There you go. I'm in the same boat. 500 bucks, too. Yeah. Yeah. But like all this technology we're talking about, I mean, the biggest application I can see is for like subsurface utility engineering. There's no doubt. I mean, that is such a huge thing that is the value of subsurface utility engineering is not going anywhere. It's going to increase if anything else. Well, so that, that um, underground scanner he was talking about was pretty expensive. Yeah. So my my workflow for what I do, again, yeah. not the not the end all here, but I hire out to GPRS, something like that. Sure. I have, I have yeah. painted up. But you know, and you that, can combine all these technologies to... I fly with a drone the day after they paint it up. I've got some really good examples of you can yeah. see it from the air and you can yep. see all your line. You know, imagine you used to get all those maps and try yep. to have a CAD draft and put them in. Now, if these guys come out for a thousand bucks, I don't know what the price is. Sorry, G. I get it. I get but, it. You know, a thousand bucks. They paint it up. Yeah. They're in the street. Safety. Safe site. It's safe all, site. Yeah. Safe oh, I love using safe site. Oh, safe site. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, safety too. The safety. Free, free plug. Don't get used to it. <laughs> right there, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. But the safety <laughs> aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially they're all, with. All, you yeah. know, as a surveyor, you got to have how many tools with you and how many things and to, yep. to add traffic safety to that. You sucks. can't have all the tools. That's why you subcontract some of these tools to yeah. other people. Well, Aaron, it's funny you mentioned that. So I'll go back to my WSP days, which was a long time ago. <laughs> when we bought our scanners there, I had crews. All they did was run scanners. Because I can't have a scanner in a truck being used for one hour and then right. sitting there the rest of the day doing nothing. Yeah, right. Somebody has to pay for that gear and it's sitting in a truck all day, doesn't pay for it. Yep. So you were either a RTK crew, a total station crew, yep. or a scanner crew. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, weren't everything. So interesting. I'm, ba- I'm back to a three-man crew when I can. And one guy's flying a drone, yeah. one guy's scanning, and one guy's doing balance. <laughs> so I, I worked on policy. I'm reverting. <laughs> I worked on TOT policy <laughs> committees. Yeah. And... This whole conversation throws everything out the window. Yes, it's, 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 it totally does, yeah. right? Yeah, it yeah. totally does. Yeah. So it's it's, yeah. it's. I mean, how do you go to the point where you're educating the Department of Transportation 
podcast. Exactly. Podcast. You have Geo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Could be a start. Could be. I, well, here the. Here, DOT is subcontracting out their drone work. So they're looking just for drone companies on subcon. It might be a survey company that puts in the proposal, or it might be just a drone company, but they're subcontracting the drone work separately. There, uh, a couple of years ago, I did uh, highway widening. They wanted every tree diameter for 100 yards off the highway. Well, how did we do it? We laser scanned the crap out of that whole stretch of highway and extrapolated all the tree diameters. So our Department of Transportation is starting to segregate their bids. They're not just saying survey. They're saying yeah. we want yeah. a proposal for aerial LIDAR for this stretch of highway. We want this. We want this. Yeah. And, I you know, the too, survey firm might bid on each aspect, but they're all going to be different. All right. Hold on a second. <clears throat> we have what? <laughs> like I said, this is a total new platform for us. Uh, we've, got an, we've got Antonio Wycliffe in the <laughs> room that wants to ask a question. Let's see if I can. I think I knew he's going with this. I, I saw yes. a little taste of it. It's oh, a lot. It's shit. I, I might have just deleted him. Wait, I, I think no you idea. accidentally just kicked him out. <laughs> hey, oh. dude, come back. Come back. Oh, he's back. Oh, there he's he is. There he is. There he is. You can't get rid of Antonio. I think I know where you're going with this. Can we need to ask the question? Antonio. Antonio. <laughs> All right. Let me see if I can wow. do it. Are you there? I just got Thank you, Kev. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's been blowing me up this whole time. Boom. Sorry, yeah, dude. Was... Sorry, dude. All right, go back to mute. Go back to mute. I, I've had quite a few, uh, you know, points that I wanted to, to pop in during this, but I didn't want to interrupt the video recording that you have going on because as a municipality, I, I have questions. Um, you know, it, there are so many things that, that go on between hiring a professional, hiring a, a, a drone crew, and you have to make sure that they're with a survey crew so that, that way it's under the survey licensure. So that, that way you make sure that someone operating the drones is aware of the land boundary values that a surveyor is going to be conscientious of. Okay, I got, so some, it, I got some answers for you, Wait, real quick. It's a huge... Yeah. For for the listeners who don't know your position and what you do, can you quickly just tell us, please? I, I work for the city of Tempe. I'm a survey tech two currently. I'm trying to um, bring the survey control for the city of Tempe into the current datum so you don't have to conform to a 27 datum and, and, and do your work that way. You can do it in a modern survey system. Uh, we're working on uh, try and get our GIS from a, a modeled system to a measured system. Okay. Um, I'm several people, it, Brian Fisher and Virgil Coxon and uh, Brian Gallagher, to try to okay. our current city into what was GDAX, what was um, recorded at the time in 2004, and bring it up to speed in 2021. I, I give Brian Gallagher current values and current photographs of what the monuments are today. Um, and we're just trying to, we're trying to become more modern. We, we have a system that, that doesn't serve us. And it did then, but mm. it doesn't now. And so we're trying to come forward with it and looking at all these other uh, units that we can use drone work, LIDAR, etc. And even for our as-built, I, I just did an as-built for a waterline underneath a, a, a railway. 
and and those are specific uses that we could use professionals in if we knew that they had a survey license in order to be able to value their information instead of an unlicensed drone or LIDAR individual telling us these are the values that you need to take forward to another modeled system. You, you hit the nail on the head there, Tony. It's, okay. it's, it's the providing values. I, uh, you know, I think what I've seen is that surveyors, especially here locally, are very concerned with what's going on and who's delivering what. So now if I'm a drone pilot and I'm just giving you images, where's the litigation there? If I'm not giving you values of your X, Y, Z, what is the problem with me flying my drone and giving you images, right? Or if you even a licensed pilot. Yeah, but so what are you doing with those images, though? So that's, what, what, that's where that client, it's up to them to know that the rule, they have to be under a yeah. licensed surveyor. You know, if someone gave me their images so, and I had a certain flight So plan, let me ask you this. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a number of companies out there that are using drones. They're flying hundreds of acres at a time, right? Yeah. And they're providing a... Um, I don't know a three D, three D file of that of, of that mapping. Yeah, you hit it right not, there. They're, deli- they're, deli- they're delivering a three D file. They're not delivering images. Yes, not a- under the direction of a sur- of a surveyor. Yeah, I, is that cool? But so now is that good? This, this is where this is. Are where, you okay so with that? Can, no, it's not. Hey, this is where RJ's got some great. It's great. This is why he deviated from surveying. I think. Go, go ahead, RJ. Go ahead. Is that good? But here, let 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 me go back two decades ago. So we're gonna go back twenty years ago before drones even existed. And every land surveyor out there was buying satellite data from a satellite company and utilizing it. Mm. How does a drone image different, purchasing a drone image from a drone company, how does that differ a surveyor purchasing a satellite image from a satellite company? Can't argue with that. As long as the surveyor is purchasing it, it's now his onus to justify the values. And see, if I can't fly a site and I purchase an image from somebody else, but I tie it in and I know my data I'm on and I'm I'm licensed, like I can, I can justify, you know, I would hang my hat on anything I put out there. So now it's the producing the values. Now it's producing the 3d part of it. Now it's the applying the surveying measuring thought process to it. You know, and I I thought RJ, I thought you're going to go a different way with it because he is, he's hell bent on, on how, how surveyors have kind of stuck themselves and ah, you can't do my job. You know, you got, you know, but there's, so many other applications like, oh, but, know, for a video game, you gave a measurement. Well, I'm a surveyor. It should come through a surveyor. It's like, well, you know, like I say, for how many years have surveyors bought satellite imagery and utilized it for purpose? Yeah. Or, and and yeah, the, you, the people doing satellite imagery are not surveyors. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I can't argue with it. I can't yeah. argue with it. Yeah. Yeah. Contractually. So North Carolina is going through litigation right now. They're getting sued by a drone pilot who has, mm. has he's been shut down by the board to not provide so, his images. Okay. All right. uh, you know, and, and, and I think it's, he went after it as I'm just providing images and it's up to the company I'm giving them to, to figure out what they're doing with it. But I'm, I'm giving them images because there's so many other applications besides measuring and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So they basically shut him down and said, you can't fly your drone and give images uh, on a site. Because yep. of, but now you start getting into, um, you know, you're providing rock pile uh, sizes or you're giving measurements, you know, it's more like, specific. So wait, wait, yeah, what, what makes those images any better if they're done under the guidance of a professional surveyor? I just say geospatially, you know, I time, I, I can prove my accuracies, but. Um, well, he has to prove and justify those accuracies yeah. under his. You're, somebody's well, got to be on the hook. Yeah, somebody's got to be on the hook. See, but, see, but in Arizona, yeah. under Arizona law, 
you're providing a measurement that yep. falls into survey. That's that's a that's a definition yeah. of a surveyor under the, under the book. You know, exactly. that's, that's, that's I, I a definition that. of a surveyor. And right. so it's in the law. So if people want to change that, they have to go through the correct route. You can't be rogue and you can't go do it. But people are. There's no one there to, to yep. slap their hand. You know, yep. people are doing it. But that is a true definition of what a surveyor is per the Arizona law. So yeah, you know, I've got to be under. That's why I love that I have my license because it's like people ask me and I'm like, well, I'm a surveyor. So yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah. gonna say? Get the yeah. ace of spades in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Know. RJ, what yeah. do you got? What do you have down to that? Well, like I mean, the license is more of a legality proof. But just because you have the license doesn't mean you're the most proficient at the technology. Mm. You know, you look at a program so like capture. So true. You look man. at a, like you look at a program like capture in reality. Your VFX experts and gaming experts are masters at that program. But they're not but, liable under the law. Yeah. To prove. Yeah. 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 But, and this is where are you not better off subbing them in and then being the stamp on their work? So if you need to provide that service, rather than trying to learn it and invest six figures into trying to learn it and experiment. Utilize the expert, come up with the proofs you need, and then you sub it in. Yeah, and I've kind of hit that same same thing. I, I sub out a lot of stuff, and, uh, and and when it comes in, so I, I, I know how to put it all together, and it's cheaper for me to, to have them go out and do it than me. Yep. You know, I'm buying time basically for me. I'm buying time. That's yep. everything. Yeah, and you're counting on their expertise to do exactly what you ask them to do. But when yeah. someone in that isn't qualified to do the work but they have the tools you don't know that they're providing you with that service that you've just purchased you have to it's the same thing having a license doesn't mean that you can use the tool either it just means you're signing that it was used it doesn't mean you can use it yeah. so well, I, I, I go back to hold on, hold, hold on one second so i, I think Thank that at least everybody here on the line from Arizona knows Jason Foos, right? Yeah. Jason yeah. Foos. Yes. So his thing was no rules for tools. Huh. No rules for <laughs> when, tools. When you, look at, when you look at it from that perspective, yes. no rules for tools. Yeah. You can, it, whatever your toolbox is. Take a minute. Out, let it. that sink yeah. in. Use it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Know your tools in your toolbox. If you yeah. have a tool that you don't use proficiently, you need to practice with that tool to be proficient at the tool in order to provide what the client requests of you. And if mm -hmm. you you are not a responsible professional using that tool. Especially, yeah, but maybe especially time schedule and budget. All right, those are the yeah. three things: time, schedule, yes. and budget. Yes, you got to meet those mm -hmm. three requirements, minimum requirements. Yeah. Minimum requirements. And wait, who, and who's, who's there telling you whether or not you are capable of using that tool? Well, that's the issue. That's up to you. Right? Your license, where you are responsible and required to go before a board who actually determines whether you were correct in your methods. Just like if you're but a doctor. But if the board doesn't even, if the board doesn't regulate drones, what, what, what is there? There's, there's just nothing. No rules for tools. No rules for tools. Yep. Well, that's where the... Uh, that's an outlying product of no rules for tools. Yep. Yes. This is where you have technology surpassing now go speed yes. of policy. Prove your technology to a professional and then go forward to the client. Yeah. But you can't. Technology, technology is always. Think works. 
Yeah, technology is going to the client and say that you're as yeah, good as a licensed professional. Totally agree. Totally agree, man. Yep. Totally agree. So this is where you need to have people in different, you know, corners of the problem. There's there's no like cut and dry answer to this whole thing. Nope, not at all. Yep. A lot, a lot of different, and you know, again, that's why I come in and say there's you know, ten different ways to do this. Yep. Uh, I found for me what works for our workflow, and I love it. Ten different ways to do it. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? You said skinning a cat. This is a I didn't say skin a cat. I didn't do it because, because <laughs> somebody had to skin a cat to figure that one out, and I didn't want to be the guy to say yeah. it. Yeah. No, but you said like, you said scan it, drone it. GPS the crap out of it. GPS the crap out of it. And you've got just checks for days. Yeah. And, 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 but you are relying on your GPS network to, you know, provide, you know, at least no, but we do that anyway. We do that. We set up, we shoot yep. and we set it and forget it. That's the, yep. the surveyor way down here right now. And it's, you know, we, and I must say like my, so because I don't survey, I'll sub out to a lot of surveyors, but whoa, the whoa, 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 that, whoa, whoa, whoa. RJ, that I like. RJ. The beauty I like is they're the secondary check because they put up the targets and they're doing their own survey independent of my scan. So it's two different firms and the surveyor's checking my data and then he's delivering it to the client. But he, he subs me in. I do the scans and he's in control of the data. RJ. He's doing the survey himself. Are, are you, I'm not sure what the title is in, in Canada, but are you a registered surveyor? Yeah. Not anymore. No. <laughs> he let it no. lapse. He's an unregistered yeah. surveyor. No kidding. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It kind of goes back yeah. and like what you know, what, what we're you know, yeah, what we're up against. Yeah. <sighs> and honestly, the reason I had to was you look at suit for purpose. Mm. If you want to service an interior designer, you can't bring in coordinates with your laser scanning. Mm. So if you're a registered land survey firm and you have to dot all these T's and cross all these I's to provide the product to an interior designer, you can't do the job anymore. Um, so it's kind of like yep, I'm about, you, you know, tie any, your hands if you're going to put it all into one basket. Any, anybody, can write a, anybody can write a legal description here, but now that I'm a surveyor, oof, oof, the liability yeah. on what I write is it's, it's, it's different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of goes against so, it a little bit, but so the definition of a surveyor is changing. Would you not say? Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Man, and and oh I, man. you know, and I went to, I, I got my. How do you? What, how do you officially change the definition of a surveyor? Because I think that could be a sticking point. Honestly, you know, we're we're, we're struggling. It's like I, I can't find a party chief. I can't find a CAD tech. I can't find a, I can't find a project manager. I can't find these people. Yeah. I mean, I've got the I got the best opportunities in the valley for these people, but I can't find them. Yep. Well, it's funny. So here, the board holds legal right. I don't know how much teeth they have in it to the term land surveyor. So if you're not a licensed land surveyor and you advertise land surveyor, you're breaching their law. I don't know how much they could do about oh, it's legally. Here too. It's here too. You but I can call myself a construction surveyor mm. without a license, and I'm completely legal to market and do whatever I want in construction layout for every window glazing siding company out there. Man, so man. there's very different words for survey. When you yeah. talk land survey, now we're talking boundaries. Boundaries are definitely a license. You know what? This is we're going off on a whole different totally tangent are, here totally because are. I don't I don't yeah. disagree with you one single bit. Um, and hmm. this is where deregulation is going to come in. It's like if, if, well, if surveyors can't define themselves, I, I've got an answer for you. There's going to be deregulation. Here, here's what happened with me: was I found that the automation, the, the scanners and the drones, the things that used to, you know, I used to have. 
10 veal guys that would do stuff for me. Now I just need one to yeah. run certain machines. The machines are taking over. So that's the, you know, you talk about CAD people. I run stuff through programs that give me the 80% base. And then now I just teach everyone what to look for and what to fix and how to check it. Yep. And you know, it's right. But you know, yep. the people that used to sit there and draw parking stripes all day long, yep. you don't really need them anymore if you have the right data set. And so that's where I've replaced my people with robots and the, the and, and hire people that can run the machines. You Crazy. Know? Yeah. And one land surveyor signs off on 25 instrument operators work. Yep. Mm. <laughs> you know, he's not out there controlling them doing a 30 yard backside and 150 yard foresight. So unless you have good QA, QC procedures, you're not even going to notice that. Yeah. And you see a lot of people out there doing a 30 yard backside, 150 yard foresight. You know, it's, um, and they weren't, it's because they weren't taught. They don't have the mentors to sit with them. And, yeah. you know, and, and when I was doing layout a few years ago for ADOT, a lot of stuff, I couldn't be out there all the time. Mm. And, and so I would, I would literally FaceTime with them. I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't make the drivers, you know, I had other stuff to do. Yeah. And so when they were, they were collecting their control or doing something that, you know, they needed my help with, they would FaceTime me and I was like a virtual surveyor. And so that was kind of my answer. To virtual that. surveyor. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you nailed it right there. Yeah. We're turning into virtual surveyors. Yeah. I'd just be there on FaceTime right. and walk them through. And, yep. I think any large company like Sam or any of the larger companies down South there, they have, you know, a handful of land surveyors that are signing off on a hundred sixteen dollar yeah. an hour employees. Yep. Yep. I think we need to have I, an know. episode where Aaron's in here and we get some older surveyor and just to debate. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be, be great content. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not wrong though. They're still making their money. They're still doing their jobs. There's just a different market. We're we're adapting, right? Yeah. So now there's room for both. And so, so wait, that's, you, that's yeah. my. It's not the. Do you think we could get to the point where it would be like different uh, credentials? I don't agree. For different types of, I don't agree. I've, of I've, measures, I've, not surveyors. Let's call them measures. Uh, yeah, like, could I mean, you be? A, could you be a professional? But it always ties to how does that relate to the boundary? It always goes back to I need that, but it's tied to the boundary for me anyway. You know, a lot of the sites yeah, and as yeah. builds and stuff we do is like, well, yeah. where's the boundary line? Where's our setbacks? Where's yeah. how where can we build to? So it always ends up yeah. going back to that boundary line. So I, I say yes and no. I mean, they're to a point. I mean, I guess if the technology is going to take control just a little bit at some point, you know, with the AI and VR and everything else we're talking about. I mean, it's like there's going to be the boundary surveyor and there's going to be like this guy and this guy and this guy. And and it goes back to the idea. We've talked about it like a number of times. It's like you have the, it's almost like the medical field. It's like you have the general practitioner license and then you have a specialization in Mm -hmm. Drones, or even laser scanning. in laser scanning, or this, or that, yeah. or that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not opposed to that model, honestly. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'll be stuck in the boundary survey <laughs> module, but maybe not though. I mean, but, but, RJ and I can teach you in a week, and you'll be up to speed, man. <laughs> but from, but the laser scanning doesn't work without you, though. The boundary guy, right? Uh, in theory, yes. So you'd still have a job, like you'd still have a purpose in what you're. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, got- you know, what my job would be my job would be how to make the most money by doing as little as possible, little as possible by hiring, by subcontracting all everything, everything I've promised my clients, I can subcontract out and market up twofold and not have any liability. So you're like a consultant almost. Yeah, exactly. That's all you're doing. I don't know how it works down there, but like up here, I look back 15 years ago, I'd be drawing stuff in land development desktop. The land surveyor wouldn't even know how to turn on or open it, land development desktop. Yeah. He wouldn't know how to look at it, didn't know how to look at digital data. But 
I'd print out a PDF and he'd sign it, not even know what field procedures were utilized or anything because they didn't know the technology. All they could do was sign a paper PDF. So, you know, if, and that's so much of what the land surveyors become up here is the signature. Yeah. They're, they don't have the technology, they don't have anything, but they got the signature to sign it. Yeah. So you're taking this 3D data, data printing it on a PDF for a person that can't even digitally open the drawing and data to look at it, but he's going to sign it. Okay, RJ, what's your definition of a land surveyor? Boundary. If it's legal boundary, mm, it's a land surveyor. So interesting. Yeah. So interesting. So if any, it's legal boundary. Any other measurement of the Earth's surface does not constitute land surveying. No. You're, you're strictly saying a land surveyor exists because of legal boundaries. Yeah. Wow. Legal land definition. Wow. That's crazy, man. Different. Yeah, it's, it's a different thought process. Well, what, what, what about you, buddy? What's, what's started, your definition of I'm, a land surveyor? I'm starting to get there. You know, really? I, I'm starting to get that, you know, who can write the legals correctly and who can follow the records back on. You know, when I'm doing ALTAs and I'm doing Schedule Bs, yep. that is a specialized thing. I mean, yep. there's not a lot of CAD drafters that can bust out 50 schedule B's on a massive mall yep. and figure out where they actually go and place them and follow the trail. So, you know, I see a specialized force there, but again, those, those, I hate to say older, but the people that have been it for a while, they don't know how to run the scanners and they don't know how yep. to turn on civil 3d and they yep. don't know how to do those certain things that are taking over part of that, you know, not all of it, but part of that yep. industry. So, you know, I, I, I see it as whatever it relates to the boundary. That's how I really, really define, like, is that a, a land surveyor thing? It's, it's, it's got to always go back to the boundary. So, I, uh, you know. It's so interesting. I, I, I do a lot of as-builds, and it's like I don't have to sign them or anything. And a couple of firms I work for is like, ah, we're signing everything that comes out the door here. But it's like I'm doing a 3D model and doing a Revit floor plan. That, that's more of an architect, you know. It, so the definition of land surveying is changing. In, in my mind, yeah. But I got to follow the rules here, so I, I stick to it. You know, whatever whatever they tell me to do here. And, and, and you know, yeah. you know, So, RJ, I'm curious to get your perspective on that. Is the definition of land surveyor changing? I think it has to because, well, Aaron brought up a great point, which is the architects. Like, so many buildings now are on tenant improvement. You're not changing the legal boundary, but you want that laser scan for the mechanical, for the MEP. So, you know, you got the construction companies going in and doing the laser scan or subcontracting, but they're not impacting legal boundary at all. They're doing it for a mechanical purpose or a design purpose. Especially it's not for a legal trend. boundary. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Especially if you're following the COVID trend. How many companies <laughs> yeah. are Well, that, 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 has, that has definitely had an impact. Yeah, my There's wife about she it. works yeah. for a huge technology firm, downtown Tempe. Yeah. yeah. They're revamping the entire space. Yep. Yep. You know, so yep. that's got to be happening all over the country. And probably not a world. surveyor involved. <laughs> you know? Well, and actually it's funny. The surveyors always fight with the architects here because they're like, oh, well, you need this coordinate system and this. And the architect's like, no, I don't care. And surveyors don't realize Revit needs to work up, down from zero, zero. Right UTM now. just yeah. blows up Revit. Yeah. And the land surveyors here just try and force down the throats of all the other specialties that know you need to be on survey coordinates and this and that. And they're like, you guys don't realize how much metadata is in behind our mechanical drawings that if we move to survey coordinates, you've just thrown out 10 years of work. And I think that's you the, know, the like, big disconnect there is that we've got to learn to adapt and figure out a way that, you know, we, as surveyors, we don't need to hold on so tight to everything and, and learn to work with it yep. instead of fight it. Because I, I see the same thing, you know, we're, fighting architects to run jobs and be the yeah. prime because 
they, they have a building. It's already there. Do they really need to know where their boundaries at? But, yep. you know, state law, they got to do a certain thing. So. But, I mean, in, in, like, we started out this conversation by, by <laughs> saying this. It's like anybody can set up a scanner, right? Yeah. Anybody can run a drone. Where does the surveyor come in? Uh, it defines boundaries. Pro- the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps going back to boundaries. But it's proven the accuracies. You know, it's like we have proven, you know, the total stations yeah. and the GPS and, and – and, Scaling from G, from GIS, you know, there's still a lot of people that don't know that transition from state plane to ground, you know, grid to ground. Uh, a lot of people still have, but it's important for what we're talking about. I think so. Yeah, I think so. If you're if you're if you're using a GPS unit and you're just some random construction company and you're all in state plane and you're up in the hills of you know Flagstaff at five thousand. 5,000 feet above sea level, yeah. you're going to see a big difference, especially on a big site from good to ground. And when you go to lay out that thing that needs to be one sixteenth of an inch, it's going to be feet off. Yeah, so I yeah. think there's still a big, you know, there's a big yeah. reason why we're there. Now, GIS specialists will say they know, ah, I know how to do it, you know, but I, I think because we've done it so long and spe- and found the issues and, and how good to ground works. The one, the one thing I'll say there, though, Aaron, is that it's so software specific. Like I see so many people that switch from Leica to Trimble, for instance. They don't understand how Trimble handles grid to ground. They understand the mathematics in the textbook, but they don't understand the software behind it, and they end up surveying in a convoluted ah, grid type the double system. scale. The double scale. Yep, totally. Yeah. Uh, Trimble you know, has a way of it's calling software specific. Yeah. Trimble has a way of calling the ground data grid, and it really screws people up. I've totally seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So I, mean, uh, I digress. Uh, we could we could probably talk I, shop. I sense I sense a chapter two here. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Listen, I know there are some questions that some folks want to ask that have been hanging out here um, that we're going to bring on here in just a second. But let's go ahead and wrap this up if that's cool with you yep. guys. Yep. Yeah. I can I can feel uh, it in the room. Let's. let's yep. It's for time. sure. So th- I, first and foremost. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here, you guys. I really, really appreciate it. Some really good content here. Hopefully, you'll come back again. Yeah, there's so much more thank, we can talk about. No thank doubt. Thank you for having us. For sure, for All sure. Right. So, that, RJ, thank you. No question, thanks, guys. RJ, don't go anywhere. We're coming back. That's a wrap, guys. Yeah. No doubt, another awesome value-adding show. Please be sure to check out. TheGeoholics.com. Follow us on all reputable social media outlets by searching for the Geoholics. Download all of our podcasts from anywhere. Especially, Spotify. that's my favorite podcast. Yes, yes. Especially, uh, do you have the Geoholics app? I do. I do. You do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Lance Rivers United. Send us an email to info at thegeoholics.com if you have uh, any content ideas or would like to be a guest on a future show. Last but not least, please support our amazing friends of the program every chance you get. Be sure to mention that you're a Geoholic for entry into their individual VIP suites. Add value, make friends, Foo Fighters, times like these. Available everywhere, as always. And until next time, be safe. Be safe. Be safe and healthy, everybody. <laughs> be safe and healthy. Thank you, everyone. Once again, thank you to our friends of the program Aerotech Mapping Inc. at atmlv.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc. at agsgps.com, Bad Elf GPS at bad elf.com, Cobb Fenley at cobbfenley.com, Cyanic Automation at cyanicautomation.com, Diamondback Land Surveying at diamondbacklandsurveying.com. Get Kids Into Survey at GetKidsIntoSurvey.com. Land Surveyors United at LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays at MentoringMondays.xyz. Monson Engineering at MonsonEngineering.com. Parkland Community College at Parkland.edu slash LandSurveying. Safety Apparel at SafetyApparel.us. Tiger Supplies at TigerSupplies.com.